Good morning, Dirty Ugly. See, I just kind of incorporated something else in there. Yeah. And I'm going to say, we're back on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we are joined once again in the mansion by... Jam and Jason. Jam and Jason in the house. Welcome back, Jam and Jason. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm you, doing great. You excited? I'm excited. Yeah? Yeah. Got a lot to talk about, don't we? We do. We do. A lot of craziness. Oh, man. A lot of craziness. And you got a word. I'll let you get that word later on, but yeah. I know what that word is. And Big Ugly, man, uh, we're, we're, we are recording this from the mansion not even 12 hours after the huge event which was Midget Mania and more at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Midget Mania. Pro Wrestling. Did you have a good time, Big Ugly? Yeah, man. I had a great time, man. It was a pretty good show. Yeah, and you were in the crowd too, Jamie and Jason. What did you think? Oh, it was great. It was great. All right, we'll get into a couple of things. I know you guys got notes from last night. I mean, first time uh, in a long time, if ever, midget professional wrestling uh, in a pro wrestling setting in the state of Maryland. You know, they do all kinds of other different things, but... Uh, incorporating them in with EWA Pro Wrestling. It was a lot of fun. I did not know what to expect last night, but I had a good time. Um, we had a lot of different things going on last night. We Who made had, that happen? Uh, Jim Christian. Okay. The owner of yeah. uh, EWA, who is infamous, apparently, at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you're a booker, if you're an owner, if you're a proprietor of a professional wrestling organization, there's going to be heat and drama all over the place but he is one of the main reasons that happened last night you know he put together uh the money he put together the deal and he made it happen he did and we had the micro wrestling federation superstars uh their proprietor reggie who's uh got a little bass in his voice and who was doing some of the mc in last night for the little guys and uh five competitors including a female competitor so what does that mean proprietor that mean he like owned a company like he's uh yeah like he's their manager he's okay. their proprietor their commissioner their whatever you right. might be he's their guy promoter promoter he's, he's their the promoter, promoter. Right, there you go cool. he is the jim christian of the mwf <laughs> <laughs> he is the vince mcmahon of the mwf and he said damn it i got midgets <laughs> And they make money. So he, he, he's Sorry. exploiting midgets. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> they, they exploit each other, you know, yeah. they get each other over. Uh, it was great. They have their, you know, whole show that they do on their own, but we incorporated it into our show. You know, they got to get their entrances. We did the national anthem deal. They had their midget battle royal, which if you go over any rope and go out to the floor, you're out uh, because trying to throw a midget over the top rope may take a while. Um, you know, they had a one-on-one -on -one intergender, I think. That's maybe the first ever I've ever seen anywhere. Intergender midget match. Wow. Man versus woman. How about that? Um, and uh, we also had a couple of the MWF superstars involved in the tag team title match. Okay. And then we had the weight of the world, Corey Bush pushing around some of the little people. Man, it was just incredible. And it was wacky. Wacky is wacky. what Jam and Jason wacky. is the yep. word to describe. So before we go in, uh, I want to get your thoughts uh, about any and all things about Midget Mania. Uh, we're going to talk later on in this podcast about WWE Money in the Bank, which was a SmackDown official pay-per-view. Also, we're going to talk about Great Balls of Fire that's coming up sometime soon, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, which is a Raw exclusive pay-per-view. We got Battleground coming up later on in the month, SummerSlam coming on in August. We're also going to talk about a lot of different things, WWE, Impact, or GFW, or Anthem, or whatever it's called now, Lucha Underground, Ring of Honor, uh, lots of good stuff going on. But we're going to go to the rundown. Uh, we had a 10-bell salute 
in the EWA Pro Wrestling, Midget Mania, for Christopher Dar. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He was a big dude. He walked around. He helped uh, security for EWA Pro Wrestling. Yep. He was always one of the biggest uh, supporters and going out and flyering and supporting and sharing EWA Pro Wrestling. Passed away recently, suddenly, unexpectedly. So we did a 10-bell salute for him. That was pretty cool. And then uh, we did the intro where we uh, basically talked about we do 50-50 raffles, we do birthday parties, we do all kinds of stuff at EWA Pro Wrestling. It's, it's fun. And then we had our first match, which was the opener for the Cruiserweight Championship, guys. Two guys that have been on our podcast. Jesse O'Ryan, the challenger, who's been a top guy terror. He's been taking on all the top guys in EWA Pro Wrestling. Taking on the legendary Super Cruiserweight, the current reigning, defending, and only four-time Cruiserweight Champion in EWA history, Wes Mercer. Let's talk about this match, guys. What'd you think? Oh, it was a great back-and-forth match. Yeah, I did like that. Um, you know, I, I like Jesse O'Ryan's look. This was the first time I got to see him uh, wrestle. And uh, I like his, like, almost like the guy next door look. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like he's taking on, like, these almost, like, larger-than-life superstars. You know right. what I'm saying? That just look different than he does, you know? And so mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a great match, you know, him taking on the legendary Super Cruiserweight. And we know Wes has pretty much beat the best of the best. Nobody's been able to take the title from him. He's had that title for over exactly. a year. Yeah. Yeah, I loved uh, one of my favorite parts. I, I just thought it was funny as hell was when uh, Wes gave him a chop and then he tried to chop him back, but he hit that like Super Saiyan. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I was just laughing my ass. <laughs> that is called a no sell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it. I mean, Jesse tore into him too with that chop, yeah. and he and then Wes was just like, no. Nah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was great. And that's the story that we wanted to tell. And then, you know, Jesse Orion's the underdog, and he came in, and he's going up against this legendary Super Cruiser right now. How is he going to beat him? Jesse's been standing up to all these guys, uh, all these big top names, and, you know, Jesse got his got his ass handed to him, you know, to be perfectly honest with you. But it came up with a schoolboy, the classic roll-up jamming, Jason, yeah, yeah. out of nowhere. And Jesse Orion became the new EWA Cruiserweight champion. What did you think of that? I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I popped. Deserved? Big time. Big time. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. And Wes called him a lesson in that match, too. Okay. I mean, yeah. Chopping him left and right, punching him. I mean, yeah. He didn't take it easy on him. He did not. He did not. And he didn't take it easy on him after the end, after he won too. <laughs> yeah, all the, right. Gave so him that secondary beatdown. Yeah. yeah. So we thought we were going to see Wes Mercer lose graciously. He raised the hand of Jesse O'Ryan. I, I got to announce Jesse O'Ryan a couple times, a new cruiserweight champion, handshake, all this stuff. But we got to know Wes Mercer better than that. Yeah. Wes Mercer only is out for himself. And, you know, he basically laid his stake, laid his claim that he is going to get his rematch. He wants that belt back. And he does not think as highly of Jesse O'Ryan as all of us do in EWA country. So I think we still have uh, uh, some some juice there. I think we're going to see another match. Also, did you see who came out to save Jesse O'Ryan after that beatdown? Yes. He was the baddest man in Maryland, the one and only, the real. Apollo Cruz. Apollo, Apollo Cruz. <laughs> So what does this mean? Does this mean Apollo was just saving Jesse? Or does this mean Apollo is staking his claim for the Cruiserweight Championship? Because Apollo did not attack Jesse. Apollo just basically saved Jesse from getting beat down, but he didn't necessarily attack Wes either. So what do you guys think? Well, I I don't know. It's a hard one because uh, we know later on that Apollo Cruz was in the match for the open challenge for, for the Maryland, Maryland championship. Yeah. So I, I think it would, I think it just was one of those situations where Apollo 
saw this, you know, the young guy, new guy, just won a belt, getting beat down by Wes Mercer. Yeah. He's the baddest man in Maryland, so he's going to stand up and do something about it. Fair enough. What do you think, JMJ? I'm, I'm wondering if there's even a bigger story here. Has hmm. Apollo been a part of training Jess? Okay. Teaching him some things behind the scenes? Okay. Was he a part of this victory? You know, showing him some tips? Some hmm. So maybe there's something be. a little more going on here. Now, we do know that uh, Apollo has been a part of EWA for 15, 16 years. He's been around since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Wes Mercer's been around quite a long time, too, in EWA Pro Wrestling. So is there some behind-the-scenes stuff going on? You know, Jesse did come from the Pain Factory, and, you know, Apollo and Wes have gone through the Pain Factory, too. Is there is there a story here that we don't know yet? Yeah. Good point, Jam and Jason. Well, I think we're going to figure that all out <clears throat> in the months leading up to our Next show, and I might as well throw in a shameless plug right now. Uh, September 23rd, Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. EWA Pro Wrestling presents Evolution Rock and Rumble. Uh, So the idea behind this show is going to be, first of all, all matches, extreme rules. Every single match. And every single match stipulation will be chosen by the EWA country. So will we have... Strap matches? Will we have chain matches? Will we have no holds barred matches? Will we have last man standing matches? Who knows? Uh, blindfold, but anything is possible. So EWA Country is going to pick it, and we're going to have it. Plus, we're going to have our main event ladder match battle royal that we always have at Evolution, where we hang the Evolution contract above the ring, and whoever climbs up the ladder and gets that contract gets a championship match for any title anytime within the next year. So that's going to be pretty exciting on September 23rd, and we're going to have a live music band rock and rumble we're gonna have the bruno martians and they're gonna be there that's a local band i don't know too much about them yet but i'm i'm gonna youtube it low the uh, bruno martians or itunes check it out uh but we're also gonna have our hall of legends we're gonna have a couple new inductees to the hall of legends this year it's, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a big show great time that's our wrestlemania at ewa pro wrestling so, uh, I know y'all excited about that. Now, Big Ugly, you haven't been there in a few shows. You haven't seen Jesse Orion until this show. Yep. So, you called it the underdog. You know, he, he looks like, you know, he's that guy fighting up underneath. Uh, we talked about Monkey Whipwreck, J.M. J- Jason. It's kind of that feel. So, do you think that Jesse Orion uh, now has a run with this title, or is he going to run back into Wes Mercer? Wes Mercer's, Wes Mercer's going to want it back, isn't he? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I definitely see a rematch coming. Um so I think I think we're going to get a second Jesse Orion and, and Wes Mercer match. Okay. Um, before he has like a, a, a run, if he can keep if he can retain it again against Wes, mm-hmm. we'll see the run. Did Wes take him too lightly? Did he say you know this guy's just a rookie? He's just on a you know he might be on a heater right now, but there's no way he's going to beat me. Did he take him too lightly? Is that why he got caught in that roll up? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about it. The going back and forth was him taking them too lightly, right? It's okay. like you don't give an opportunity for – if I'm in a ring with Mike Tyson, right, <laughs> I ain't going to take him – I ain't going to let Mike try and hit me, right? right. I'm going to just go straight after him. But Wes was giving Jesse the opportunity to hit him. Why? Right. Because he ain't take him serious. Okay. Fair enough. And there could be more going on here, like Jam and Jason said. Yep. So you got to keep in touch with EWA Pro Wrestling on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and EWAMaryland.com because there will be more to this story. Um, but then – after the Cruiserweight Championship match, my man Reggie from MWF, he did the introductions and he introduced our Micro Wrestling Federation superstars because Midget Mania, that's what a lot of people were there to see that attraction. So let's uh, just go down the list of who they had. So they had their referee, Bad Boy B. They had the referee. He was cool. I liked him yeah. for my personally. He was, he was one of my favorites. He came down and he just 
banged his fist on the ground. I was like, that was awesome. Bad boy beat. And then uh, they also introduced um, The Little Show. Now, that was great. The Little Show from straight out Mississippi. They called him. Hey, that guy could move. The yeah. redneck brawler. He was doing moonsaults and yeah. flips all night long. And this guy was a big dude yeah. for a little person. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Eric <laughs> he was like uh, He was like a mini Corey Bush because he had that gimmick somewhere in the night where he pulled the straps down. I was like, oh, my God, it's little Bush. Yeah. It's little Bush right here. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, um, we also had uh, Bam Bam from Bedrock. He was the body of Adonis, as he, as he called himself, which he came out and started humping the mat and licking the turnbuckles. And all. he was very strange. Yeah. Um, but they also had, and this was one of my personal favorites right here, uh, you know, they had Pinky Shortcake. I think she was a fan favorite. Oh, man. she was. Yes, she got some of the loudest pops of the night. Female midget wrestler, pink hair. Uh, she came out with the Hamden Hammer later on, which we're going to get into. She was in a one-on-one matchup in the first ever intergender midget match, almost ever probably in Maryland. Uh, yeah, she was great. And they also had Steve-O, who definitely looked like... Steve-O from Jackass. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, you know, and he did a few, you know, Jackass-type things, you know, and there was a lot of... There, I mean, let's talk about this. I mean, we have a couple of things with, with the midgets. We're going to go to the tag title match in a minute, but we had the one-on-one with Pinky Shortcake, and I believe it was a Little Show. That was the one-on-one. Was that right? Uh, or was it Pinky Bam, Shortcake Bam, and Bam Bam? No, Bam, Bam I'm sorry. Bam, yeah. That's right. The Little Show was tagged up. Yep. He was tagged uh, up with the. He was tagged up with the oddball eyeballs. army. Yeah. But let's let's talk let's talk about these midgets. Let's talk about midget mania. Overall, wacky. I do know Jam and Jason. Yep. So, throw out. What did you like? What did you What did you not like? What was good? <coughs> Boys. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought either you said one. Jam and Jay. Oh, either my one. Bad. Sorry. My bad. Um, Go ahead, Jam and Jay. <laughs> I was a big fan of the Little Show. I mean, he was big quite, fan of the Little Show. Big okay. fan of the Little Show because he was quite courageous, and we'll get into some more of that later on. But he absolutely he stood up to. Everybody basically. He didn't care if you were a midget. He didn't care if you were one of the big guys. Mm-hmm. He was in everybody's face. Okay, yeah. big fan of the little show. What about you, big ugly? Yeah, I actually like Batman. I thought the guy was. I thought the guy was hilarious. Like yeah. I'm in the bat and stuff. Uh, it was great. Um, you know, I'm, the thing is, uh, I'm not. I'm not typically a fan of midget entertainment. Okay. Um, and it's not that I have anything against it. It's just like I, I typically like. It's not. Entertaining me like it does make me laugh, okay. but these th- this mid show it was actually like entertaining like yeah. you know like they could actually go they could actually wrestle so um it was it was pretty good I like the uh, I like mixing them in with the uh, regular superstars mm-hmm. um is that bad to say regular because I mean they're regular people with the they're taller superstars with the non midget superstars exactly um. So yeah, but I thought I thought it was I thought it was good. Yeah. So as far as the show goes, the incorporation, like you just said, you know, they had their own deal going on, and they incorporated with the EWA superstars. Did that work? I mean, was it enough of that over the night when we promote Midget Mania? You know, was there enough of that to go around, or was it too much, too little? What did you guys think as fans? Just enough, enough comedy, enough action. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely um, yeah, it was enough, definitely enough comedy. Um, I mean, most most of the time, like that's even the match, the intergender match, you know, mm-hmm. was a lot of comedy. So I mean, when you're including those style of wrestlers, like you're pretty much banking on comedy. Which, sure, sure. Which um, I think went around. So I think, in, I think my opinion, in my opinion, if that was a goal, it was accomplished. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there was definitely enough comedy, but like you said, those guys can work, and those guys took bumps, and those guys did flips, and those guys, you know, had matches, you know, with each other. Um, yeah, they had uh, Reggie kind of commentating the matches over time. They had some music going over, which is kind of their entertainment style thing. Yep. 
Um, so, Jam and Jason, what do you think? Good blend of everything? It was a good blend, and it was almost like it was meant to be. You know, you had the little show coming out in camo fatigues, just like the Oddball <laughs> Army. <laughs> and I was like, this this is perfect. This, this You guys were meant to team together. That's right. And that did happen. So let's talk about the tag team title match while we're talking about that. So we had the Dark Horses, who were teamed up with, what was it, Bam Bam? Is that correct? He was in that? Or was that Steve-O with them? Steve-O was them. I'm sorry, I got confused. Uh, so yeah, they did a lot all night. So Steve-O was teamed up with the Dark Horses, and they took on the oddball army of uh, John Berg, who is still the current heavyweight champion, who's wrestling for the first time this evening. And uh, the Baltimore Butcher Blood, Racy Hawkins was out there, and they teamed up with The Little Show. Um, and whoever got the pinfall for their team or the submission would win, you know, for their team. So if the little show won, the oddball army retain, uh, you know, retains. If Steve-O won, Dark Horses win. So let's talk about this match. Uh, the final part of this match showed the Dark Horses going down and the oddball army winning. Ultimately, was the little show pinning Steve-O. Um, and that's how that worked. What do you guys think about this match? Let's start with you, Big Ugly. Um, you know, I thought that this match was uh, it was pretty good. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I enjoy seeing the little the the little show and, and Steve-O. <laughs> um, that moonsault off the top, man, that joint <laughs> had me, man. I was like, go ahead, boy. Like, there you go. So I enjoyed it. Yep. Yeah, same here. Same here. The moonsault was great. Okay. And at some point, didn't the little show do a DDT? Yes, I believe dark so. Horses. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Yeah, 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 he sure that was did. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and this was and this was a mixed tag team match. This wasn't like the uh, the regular versus the regular, the midget versus the midget. It was midget versus man, you yes. know. In this match, it didn't matter. Uh, they stood up. They fought each other, and that's what yeah. made it great. I, and I like because I think there was one point where. Steve O tagged in one of the horses. Right. And I like that the little show didn't try and just immediately go tag in exactly. one of the eyeball army. Or I the referee did not make right. him or do did it. Did not make him yeah. Mm-hmm. And that he stood up to him. That was good. I mean he got punished for doing it, but <laughs> but the point is that he tried to stand his ground. That's, That's right. That was good. See, you know, when you try to keep those rules, I, I, no no no. You were we we called it mixed tag team match, we meant it. Uh, so let's talk about this. Uh Jam and Jason, you've been here and, and as have you, Big Ugly, for most of the feud between the Dark Horses and the Oddball Army. This seems to be a feud that continues to swell. Um, every time you think one person has the leg up, where one team has the leg up, the other team comes back. So, and these teams just go at each other hard, and there's still a passion, a frenzy in there for not only tag team titles, but also for themselves. Uh, is this feud still viable? Are you still entertained by this feud? Let's start with you, Jam and Jason. Yeah, yeah. The Dark Horses right now, they come off as very hungry. They Absolutely. Want, and we can get into this later. Yes. But they, they want gold. They don't care what kind of gold, they want gold around their waist. Mm hmm. So I think I think there's there's a lot going on here. Okay. At the dark horses, I, I have a feeling they're going to single out John Berg at some point mm-hmm. for the heavyweight title. Yeah. And um, yeah, they're very hungry. Yeah. And uh, as you said, we're going to get into the more of them later. What do you think, uh, Big Ugly? How do you feel this feud? <coughs> um. Yeah. I mean, at this point, um, like Jam and Jay said, I think it. I, I don't think it really matters as much about the feud so much as the dark horses <laughs> want all the gold yeah like and i mean they made that clear later on in the night so i i think that their focus is it's not even just about feuding like they have this feud with uh right. and blood but like you have something that we want right we're going to take it from you got and it. then we're going to move on to the next person and take that from them as well so so it's yeah. a, it's about the gold yeah about the belts i i understand that and the dark horses have worked hard for a long time they've been the tag team champions before uh two times now i think actually 
and they want that gold back. And, you know, right now, the Oddball Army has that gold. So as long as they keep putting up a fight, putting up a front, and they keep getting the opportunity, they're going to keep going for it. Now, let me ask you a question. How Go do you it. think the chemistry... Wait. Wait. I didn't see the the final match, the main event match. No, you did Corey not. Bush and John Berg. Okay. Did Berg retain? Berg retained the title All after right. a whole lot of fun stuff, oh, wacky yeah. stuff going yes. on. All right. We're so, going to get to that. We're going to get to that. How do you think <clears throat> Berg is going to maintain this tag, this tag team championship run and maintain his heavyweight championship? As we saw last night, Berg pretty much had to wrestle twice. Absolutely. I mean, he can't continue to endure that kind of punishment. <clears throat> I mean, you know... Very good questions, and I was going to bring this up uh, to both of you, actually. So, John Berg kind of got an opportunity out of nowhere at Faith No More 3 Interaction by winning that uh, battle royal at the end and becoming the undisputed EWA heavyweight champion. But he didn't really necessarily, I mean, he had to win a match earlier in the night, and he had to win that battle royal. Now, that wasn't a tag team title match and a world title match. So a lot of people were saying John Berg doesn't deserve it. John Berg didn't earn it. John Berg isn't that guy. But you know what? We talked about how much he is a asset to the company. Last night he showed that he's an asset to that ring. In that tag title match, John Berg got the crap kicked out of him. He got beat up severely. Um, and I will answer your question. But in the world title match, he got beat up severely by Corey Bush. <laughs> so John Berg showed how tough he was last night, and he still walked out with both belts. Can he maintain it? This is going to be challenging because most guys, when they put 110% into one match, they're blown up and they're done for the night. This guy not only came and helped set up the ring, tear down the ring, do all that stuff for EWA Pro Wrestling, but he fought twice. Once in a tag title match, which you did see Big Ugly, and uh, that that was insane stuff. Uh, it, it was real stiff. It was real hard-hitting. And John Berg took most of the punishment in that match. Yes, he did. <clears throat> and he was slated to come back later on, which he did, to fight for the EWA Heavyweight Championship. Can he keep it up? I'm going to say he's going to try. From what I understand, and this is going to be an interview that I'm going to do with John Berg sometime soon, like a, like a sit-down interview. He wants to be a fighting champion. So he want, if he has two belts, he wants to defend two belts. You know, He'll do it back-to-back if he has to. He'll do it in the same match. It doesn't matter. He wants to be a fighting champion. Do you think he can keep it up, or do you think the gas is going to run out? The gas is going to run out, man. I mean, he kept it up last night. He might keep it up again at Evolution. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it's going to take its toll, man. Think I mean. So? You're wrestling two times a night with some, you know, fierce competitors, man. It's it's, it's going to be hard. So it's going to catch up to him. It's got to. But we, we appreciate what he's done, and he's he's fighting hard, and he's doing What do you think, Jam and Jason? Is I it going to catch up to him? I think it will eventually, but I did notice one thing. He carried himself a little differently last night. I don't know if he dropped a couple pounds or what. He just looked a little... More on, a little more little, agile. Yeah, yeah, agile, a mm-hmm. little faster, a little yeah. extra step there. Yeah, I noticed that. A little yeah. more intensity, a little yeah. more confidence. Yeah, yeah. I, I there, think there was you're something right. there, and I, I, like I said, I couldn't quite throughout the night. I couldn't put my finger on it. Okay, but I think that's what it. Yeah, I think you're right. There's something different in John Berg. Maybe now that he has the 
the justification after all those years. You know, he's been tag title before, you know, that that's fantastic, but he's never really had that singles run, that singles push. Yeah. And he he's got it now. And he's using it. I mean, he's living it, you know, living the dream with his family and friends and everything like that. He's living that dream. So I think he's that confidence, that that intensity. I think you're right. Yeah. So that could carry him into, and as you said, maybe at Evolution, he wants to be a fighting champion. I'm sure he's going to want to defend both belts. But we're going to see because when Evolution comes around, everybody's hungry for title. All kinds of titles. And we're going to get back into the Dark Horses later, later on, too, as you said. So... But a great match, great tag title match, Oddball Army retains. Is there more juice in the tank for this feud or a variation thereof? I think so. We will see. Let's get into the intergender one-on-one man versus woman midget micro wrestling federation match. So this was Pinky Shortcake, and this was now this was Bam Bam, right? Yes. Am I now correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. So let's talk about this. A lot of Gaga, as they say. Bruce Pritchard says a lot of Gaga. Lots of Gaga. But they they tore it up. I mean, they were using all parts of the ring, the turnbuckles, the posts, the announce table, yep. the chairs outside. Uh, talk about this match. What do you all think? Big Ugly, you go first. Two words, man. Stinky pinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. Explain what that is. So the stinky pinky is <laughs> essentially... It's uh, Pinky Shortcake's version of the Bronco Buster. Yep, that's right. Which, so I wrote down here, yeah. Yeah, which was great, <laughs> man, dude. I popped so hard for that. I'm sorry. That was just funny. Okay. <laughs> we got the Stinky Pinky. Now, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's going to explain it. Jason, Jamie Jason says wacky. Big Ugly says Stinky Pinky. This is midget professional wrestling. You're going to get a lot of gaga. What did you think, Jamie Jason? Oh, it was great. I loved it. Yeah? It was, yeah, a lot of fun. The other thing I um, remember was the... Bam Bam did the stink face, the Rikishi <laughs> move. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I was like, oh my, that's poor Pinky. I felt bad yeah. there. I was like, yeah, that's going to take her a while to recover from that one. <laughs> yeah, and they they were selling it. Their their facial expressions all night long. They were there were some atomic wedgies going yes, on all night wedgies. long. Uh, there was some things, you know, moonsaults off the middle rope, moonsaults off the top rope. You know, they they, they can go. All of yeah. them had. Uh, they can go and uh, go ahead I was just going to say I think that you know when it comes to like uh, production and and design I think that it works for what they're doing because I think about if Reggie didn't commentate and if there wasn't music playing in the background you know would the reception to that match have been the same you know what I mean like if you're just sitting there it's like when we just watch a regular match you know what I'm saying Um, I think it added to it you know what I'm saying it adds to that entertainment value of what they're doing Mm -hmm. because I'm like if it was just completely quiet and they were just wrestling might not get the same response you know people might be like oh you know what is this but you know adding that that extra production into it I think it helps out Plus it, was a good, plus, it was a good way to introduce you to the, these, these wrestlers right. as well. You know, Absolutely. if you weren't familiar with them and the referee. <laughs> right, which we've never seen before, yeah. you know. So I, I like that a lot. I mean, for that part of the show, for that part of the production, I think it's great. You know, being smaller people, it's harder to, you know, hit the back of the wall with your emotions, you know what I'm saying, by your face or your voice. So they did a great job, but having that overlay, having that uh, announcer, Carnival Barker, out there, I think that worked. Mm-hmm. And they had a very entertaining match, lots of fun. Yeah, yep. Good stuff. Then we had an intermission, so, you know, sold some merchandise, took some pictures, did some autographs, good stuff like that. And EWA Pro Wrestling always has it. So then we had the Maryland 
Open Championship Challenge. So this was a Jason Drake was told, you know, it's been too long. He hasn't been there. He's got to defend the belt. Yo, I was glad to see my man Jason Drake back in the ring, man. We'd have had him on a few times on a podcast, so I was I was glad to see him back. Yeah. I was glad to see him just in general because I know he's been going through some stuff. Yeah. Uh, him and uh, his uh, rabid Rizzo going through some stuff. But you were glad to see him. Were you glad to see him, oh, him yeah. Jason? Yeah. yeah. He looked pretty good. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. he looked uh, like he was happy to be back in there. He was feeling it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Right. So he was basically told, you he know was what? Also feeling that armbar, but go ahead. Hey, we're gonna get to that. So we're gonna get to that. Um, yeah. So I, I introduced him. I said, you know what? You, you haven't been around, and we understand your situation. Normally, we would have stripped you of the title by now, but you know what? We let you hold on to it because you know it wasn't your fault that you weren't here. So you know, we said you got to come here tonight. You got to drop it. Or you got to defend it. And it sounded like for a minute he was gonna drop it. Yeah, because uh, we—I didn't know. You know, I wasn't sure. He pulled a Shawn Michaels on us. Yep. He almost lost his smile, but then he said, "You know what? I don't care what my doctor said. My doctor said I'm cleared. I can go. Let's do it. I'm ready." And then we were not knowing what to expect with this open challenge because anybody could have accepted. Could have been an yep. MWF superstar. Yep. But it was not. First guy come out, the king of beasts, Jai Cole. Man, I get more and more impressed with this guy every time I see him. Yep. Uh, he's got shades of. Big E, shades of Mark Henry, shades of him, shades of himself. This guy can move, he can work, and he's got the look. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's got the gimmick. So we think it's going to be a one-on-one match. Uh-uh. It was not. We had Simon Rhyme, who's been a veteran of uh, indie pro wrestling all up and down the East Coast for a long time, and back with recently with EWA in the past year or two. He came out to accept the challenge, and he was kind of the, you know. I'd say the wild card. You know, you just yeah. don't, don't know what's going to happen with him. But uh, then we thought we were going to have a triple threat match. Uh-uh. No way. The Maryland Dream, the baddest man in Maryland, Apollo Cruz with the Z. Puts the Z in Cruz. He came down and he wanted to accept. He's the Maryland championship. He's got to accept the Maryland challenge. So looked like we weren't going to have any more competitors in the match. The bell rang. We were underway. Guess who shows up? The Dark Horses. We talked about them a little earlier, but they did not interfere. They sat down at ringside. They actually brought out chairs looking like they were going to trash the place, but they sat down and they were basically watching, which is what we talked about earlier. They want gold. So even though they were like, maybe this ain't our spot. You know, there's there's four people in there. There's only two of us. We're going to pick our spot. They didn't pick their spot. They just sat there and basically showed that they want that belt. Let's talk about the Dark Horses first. Yeah, I'm glad you said something because uh, I I didn't understand why they were out there because I was like, why they just sitting there and they ain't do nothing? I thought they was going to, you know, beat down Apollo Crews Mm -hmm. or something, but no, they just, um, they just kind of chilled out. So, but now you you made clear, I mean, it is two of them, so they could have, they could have caught a beat down. They just sitting back watching, Mm -hmm. see who took home the title. Mm -hmm. So that person should be worried. Should be a bit concerned. That person. And we know who that person is now, don't we, Jamie Jason? Yep. Simon Ryan. The new EWA Maryland champion, Simon Ryan. Talk about the arm bar, guys. So uh, oh, wow. Simon Ryan was working on the arm and the shoulder during the match. Yep. Uh, inside, outside, you know, this could have been part of what was uh, Jason Drake's injury over the past six months. We have no idea. But he looked like he was hurting. Mm-hmm. Bad. Talk about this armbar that almost ripped his arm off. Yeah. How, how do you like that? Oh, it was great. I mean, he was in it for quite a while. I'd he really held out for a long time. I wasn't sure. Yeah, at least 30 seconds, maybe uh, maybe longer. Uh, yeah, I was going to say a couple maybe minutes. A, maybe a minute. Yeah, I was maybe say, longer. Yeah. 
I, I was uh, so intently watching, but uh, it took a long time, but Jason Drake finally did tap out. And I almost thought Apollo Cruz was going to come in and make the save, but he just couldn't make it in t- enough time. Yeah. It was very close. He couldn't make it. Yeah. What do you think, Big Ugly? Yeah, man. Um, hey, you know, I'd already mentioned that hard bar earlier, man. I would have tapped out as soon as he had me <laughs> in it, man. So kudos to Jason Drake for holding out. But uh, uh, we got uh, – who was Apollo Cruz tangled up with outside the ring when this was going on? It was uh, – was it uh, Jocko? Yeah, yeah. Jocko. Yeah. 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 Hey, that guy's a monster, man. There you go. So that's all I got to say about that. Because I think he, he put the uh, the slam to Simon Rahm at yeah. the end of it. And, uh, so it was interesting. As we were talking about, the Dark Horses were standing there looking at Simon Rahm, celebrating with the title. Jason Drake walking out injured. As soon as uh, you know the, the pathway cleared, Jocko came back in and hit the world's strongest slam on uh, Simon Ron, which is very interesting. Uh, You know, he's laying his claim saying, you know what, he should have won. Maybe he wants that title. But then it wasn't over. He picked up the belt, held it over his head, but then he came back and picked up the belt and nailed Simon Ron with it. So he actually had the belt in his hand a couple of times, and then he walked out. But basically, John Cole saying, I'm here and I'm here to stay. I Dude, want that belt. Simon Rhyme is a target. All right, you better watch his back because you got horses, and now you got Jocko. Mm. Not the best position to be in right now. But he has won the Maryland title. But he has the title. He's, he's the champ. Man. He's the champ, but he's, he's got a champ. target on his back. Yeah. Yeah, as I said. Uh, hey, doesn't every champ. Every champ does. <laughs> so true. But as I'm watching this and I'm seeing, like, man, you know, Jesse Orion won the Cruiserweight title and he didn't walk out unscathed. And then, you know, so you, uh, Simon Ryan won the Maryland title. He did not walk out unscathed. So it's like, yeah, champions, champions are targets. Champions are focal points. And that's where you want to be. And that, that, I think that shows the heart and the passion of all these guys that keep coming up and going through that open door. You know, you're seeing these guys saying, you know what? Supremacy's out of the way. The prince is gone. The hashtags are gone. You know, you hear all these people saying that. You know, now the door is open. So everybody's taking the opportunity. I love it, man. It's giving people a, a chance to show something, like you said, John Burke, yep. something that you might not have seen from them before. So it's giving everybody the opportunity. I'm loving it. How about yep. you? You guys enjoying yourself? Oh, yeah. Watching yeah. it. EWA Pro Wrestling. Big ugly. Yeah, so good. Um, you know, I was. <clears throat> we've talked about it on the podcast, you know, we've seen some exits from superstars uh, from yeah. EWA, and it's like, you know, how is it going to impact um, EWA right. in the future? You know what I'm saying? And, like, to be be quite frank, I went into this, and I was like, man, you know, we've got a, we got a couple people gone. You know, Desert Storm, The Prince, you know, uh, hashtag. hashtag Pat Anthony. Um, and so I went in thinking, like, all right, we're doing Midget Mania. What's the crowd going to look like? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. <laughs> I mean, because that place was still packed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it just goes to show you that, you know, this company and what EWA doing, you know, is more than just those few guys. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And that people actually want to come and still be entertained by the whole uh, 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 production. The whole show. The whole show. Exactly. Yep. So I agree 100%. What are your feelings, Jim? Jason? Yeah, you guys have some great, compelling storylines going on right now. And just keep it, keep the fans on the edge of their seat. Absolutely. Coming back for more. And it's it's very interesting, and I'm not knocking anybody from the past either. None of those guys, the Prince, the Hashtag, anybody. Um, but last year at Summer Sizzler, about one year ago, we uh, drew half the house yeah. that we drew last night. And I'm talking paid. And I'm talking just about every seat was filled, and we were had people standing in the rafters. You know, uh, that was great to see. After a company that has... 
had an exodus of all of their, a lot of their main top talent. And then Faith No More 3, you know, the crowd was a little lighter, but, you know, everybody was into it from beginning to end. And it all made them want to come back for this one, too. Because basically when, if this was just about the midgets, when the midgets were done, everybody would have left. That did not happen here. That is correct. Everybody stayed to the end. There was a couple of people. I mean, the show went two and a half hours, maybe, which is about, what you know, 8 to 10.30. I say that there's a lot of potential and a lot of people stepping up to make this entire production and this show work and make it work. And it's still working, and it's working great. Yep. And everybody's having a good time, and people are coming back. And for what it is, independent wrestling, as I said, and everybody's got a place to play. Everybody's got room to play. Support indie wrestling, support all of it, but come see us. We put on six, seven shows a year, and we're going to knock it out the park every time. Yep. So thank you guys for your support, and we appreciate it. So we did have that Maryland title that ended up in a four-way. Simon Rhyme, he's got a target on his back. Now. One more thing about the Dark Horses. One, oh, yeah. One more, more question. Do you think they're also recruiting? Because hmm. they were part of a group not that long ago. Do you think they're recruiting an extra member, an extra ally? So That's a great question, Jamie Day. I, I agree. Now, could they be scouting talent? Yeah. Could they be building the Dark Horses stable? And, you know, to do that domination thing, the supremacy type thing again, could they be doing that? What do you think? Uh, I mean, and if they are recruiting, who are they recruiting? Are they recruiting the champions or are they recruiting the people that have not won the titles but fighting up for it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting question. Uh, maybe they're recruiting Jai Cole. Maybe that's why he jumped Simon Ryan mm-hmm. afterwards. He wants to show that edge so he can be a part of that, possibly. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Big Ugly? Recruiting? Um- I don't know if they recruit, man. I feel like, uh, you know, there was kind of a goal with Supremacy to have, you know, all the titles. And I feel like they're just trying to show that they can fulfill that. I feel like they got a chip on their shoulder at this point. I don't know if they're going to trust anybody else, you know, um, (laughs) considering, you know, what what has happened with Supremacy. You know, they feel like they might feel like they got to do it all themselves. Mm. You know, they got to get the job done because the Dark Horses, you know, they were the the uh, the cornerstone, mm-hmm. as you speak, of the supremacy. Yeah, and they're gonna still get it done. They don't need the rest of the guys. So it's very interesting, and I love the fact that Dark Horses are a brand. You know, they they definitely have their issues with ring announcers, referees, other wrestlers, but they they are a brand, and they are a force to be reckoned with. You never know what's gonna happen with Dark Horses. Okay. I'm excited about this. Um, let's get into the Hamden Street fight. I had no idea what to expect with this. We had the Hamden Hammer Bill Ward taking on Damon Price. Uh, Bill Ward tried to get Damon Price, you know, acclimated to the business. He tried to get him in the door, you know, helped him, you know, get to the training center, all this good stuff. And then Damon Price turned on him right out the chute last time, Faith No More 3. So they have a Hamden Street fight. Now, when you think Hamden Street fight, you're from Hamden. Jamie yep. Jason, proudly, as far as I understand. Yep, yep, yep. So it's it's good time Baltimore, you know, classic old school Baltimore. What did you expect before this ever happened? I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> I didn't know if this was going to be a like a back alley brawl with chains and trash cans, and we had a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. But they brought in weapons I would have never imagined. A <laughs> wiffle ball bat. I wrote down a few things. A wiffle ball bat, a natty bow sign. <laughs> <laughs> um, a pink flamingo. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Giant crab mallet. Yep. There, and let's see. Legos eventually came into play. Wow. Legos. Legos. Which I don't, really don't associate Legos with Hamden, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Legos are worse than thumbtacks. That's <laughs> yes, all I'm going to yes, tell you. Yes. Um, they had also the Old Bay, I believe. The Old made, Bay came uh, into play. The yes. Crab chips. Yep. 
made an appearance. Actually, the crab chips were all over the place, as were the Legos after this match. And the Natty Bow. Natty yeah. Bow, several times yeah, in this he, match. He actually offered Damon Price a Natty Bow as a peace offering. Yes, oh, yeah. he did. He tried to say, and I think uh, the peace offering was never going to happen. I just think it was Bill Ward showcasing Baltimore, yeah. showcasing Hamden. So, and actually, Bill Ward also had Pinky Shortcake in his corner as his enforcer, yes. because the Maryland State Commission of Athletics, Vinny Versace, and the good doctor uh, came out to basically put the kibosh on this, saying, "Ah, we're not going to, we're not going to authorize this, man." That Maryland State Commission of Athletics gets a lot of heat. Um, Vinny Versace, he's gonna he's gonna get beat up, and he did get beat up at the end of he this did. match. He's gonna get his eventually at this time. So his comeuppance, his comeuppance. So uh, what say you, Big Ugly, about the Hamden Street fight? Man, I thought it was good. Man, um, I liked it. This was probably one of my favorite. This was one of my favorite so far. Uh, Hampton Hammer matches. This, okay. this was by far my like favorite. Um, that choke slam on the Legos, no. I, I felt it to my bones, man. Because yeah. everybody knows if they just stepped on Legos or then <laughs> slipped on some Legos, it ain't it ain't no walking apart. That ain't fun. So I tell you what, and Damon Price, you know, new uh, one of the newest members out of the EWA Pain Factory. He did a good job. Yeah, you know, he was in a in a focal kind of a you know featured match on the card. He did a good job. He did not win, but he did a good job. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I, I, I did dig Damon Price. I'm I mean, like, you I'm can't, like, you can't beat the Hampton Hammer in a Hampton Street <laughs> fight, man. Yeah. Come on, yeah. he knows the Hampton Streets. What's about? Oh man, that was entertaining. It was fun. <laughs> it was messy. And that choke slam on the thumbtacks, you know, check out Wrestling in Maryland and Big League Photography for all the pictures for EWA Pro Wrestling and all kinds of other wrestling events. You're going to see all the great pictures. You're going to see going up in the air and getting thrown down with the choke slam by Bill Ward. Uh, that was entertaining. So, uh, and of course, at the end of the match, you know, Vinny Versace, he got his. Yep. He got his a couple of times. Yeah. So, I don't think he's done messing with people, but I think he's going to continue to get his. Hamden Street Fight. So what's next for the Hamden Hammer Bill Ward? What's next for Damon Price? Who knows? Um, but we are going to find out coming up in the next couple of months. So after that, we had another MWF featured match. We had the Midget Battle Royal, um, where basically all four midget competitors were out there. Uh, we did not see the midget referee again at this point, which I thought we should, but uh, we did not. We saw all four competitors, uh, the Pinky Shortcake, the Little Show, um, Steve-O and Bam Bam in the all ring all together um, we actually were waiting for the, the final competitor to come out and there was a little bit of a delay and we were wondering what was going on well apparently Blood was back there either eating the midget or chasing the midget I don't know what was happening but uh, yeah the Baltimore Butcher Blood but we ended up having uh, four people and it was sort of an out of the ring you know over the top rope is probably not a good idea for the lo little people yeah uh, so if you get thrown over any rope and out of the ring you feed hit the floor you're out and that's what they did but uh, you missed this big ugly I did. Who you, won? Did, you did not see this well it came down to I believe the little show and Pinky Shortcake, if yes. I'm not correct. Yes. Yeah, okay. She had a busy night, man. She was all over. And like you said, she was a fan favorite, so she kept coming out and she was working hard. Um, but uh, let's see. Who won? What happened when those two were left in the ring together, Jam and Jason? Corey Bush came out. Corey Bush came out. And he basically got in the ring and he said, This is my time. This is my title shot. Get out. You guys are done. I'm fighting right now. So Pinky Shortcake ran. Um, Smart. She, yeah, but Little Show did not run. No. 
Little Show got uh, manhandled by Corey Bush, to say the least. Tossed out, thrown out. But this is not the last time we would see the MWF superstars. Corey Bush was there, played the Cotton Eye Joe music, so John Berg could come out, which he did, followed by the Oddball Army. John Berg looking, looking a little tired, looking a little beat up, but uh, he was there ready to defend the EWA Heavyweight Championship. As the bell rang, who showed up on the stage? The Dark Horses. The Dark Horses basically did the same thing they did in the Maryland title. They came out with their chairs, they sat down, and they were watching. So they were watching the title, in my opinion. They never got involved physically. They just, they were watching. So Big Ugly, Dark Horses got big things coming. Yeah, man. Uh, I have no doubt. I'm interested. Um, So let's talk about, and we're going to, we're going to, Break it down for you, Big Ugly, because, you know, you had bigger and better things to do, apparently. After the hand and street fight, you were like, man, that's it. I'm done. Now, who leaves a wrestling match after a... B- I'm sorry. That, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> uh, no. Nah. You know what? You don't leave after the Bill Ward match. You stay through the whole thing. But, hey, <laughs> I understand you got things to do. Look, let's talk about it, Jam and Jason. Oh, so there's something else going on after Bill Ward? Damn right. <laughs> Absolutely. Midget Battle Royal and Heavyweight Championship. All night long. So... All right, Jamie Jason, let's talk about this. It started off, I would say, as you know, regular one on one, but it, it got dirty quick. So much happened in this match. This was what notes you got there? <laughs> Lots of notes. I didn't have time to take many notes in this match. <laughs> okay, okay. At one point, Jesse came out. Yes, Jesse Orion. We'll Jesse get to him. Jesse Orion came out. Jesse, Jesse Orion. Orion. Yep. So as we remember, and you and you may not have seen this big ugly, but actually at the end of. Uh, the Battle Royal at the last Faith No More 3, Jesse O'Ryan was the one that threw Corey Bush, ultimately drop-kicked him and yeah. sent him out of the ring. And after that, Corey Bush attacked Jesse O'Ryan and actually dra- dragged him out of the arena by his head. Yeah, oh, that's right. Um, by the hair. So uh, Jesse O'Ryan was angry about this. Also, Jesse O'Ryan did not want to see Corey Bush win the title. So later on, he would come out, yes. But uh, basically... Uh, blood was out there with the Oddball blood, Army, right. and they were getting involved with Blood, and Blood got thrown out by the Maryland State Commission of Athletics and the referee. So, uh, Racy Hawkins was out there, and, you know, Corey Bush was messing with Racy yeah. Hawkins, man in a wheelchair. Come on, man. Why you got to mess with the man in the wheelchair? We've been through this before. Uh, he's tough. He's going to stay there. But just before Corey Bush uh, could get up on Racy Hawkins, he tried to grab him. Here comes Little Show and Pinky Shortcake. And I believe their referee, Bad Boy B, was out there too. I I believe he was right there. So they basically stood in the way and said, you ain't touching Racy Hawkins. They stood in the way of Corey Bush. Yes, they they did. They They certainly did. And Pinky Shortcake got kicked, basically drop kicked back through the curtain (laughs) in the face. (laughs) By Corey Bush? By Corey Bush. I'm not shocked. So, yeah, and the little show basically stood out there and basically stood his ground, and basically Racy Hawkins was not messed with, I don't believe, anymore no. in that match. So, had a lot of things going on. Uh, referee got squashed in the corner. Yes. Uh, first of all, I got to say that these two, John Berg fought hard, but Corey Bush beat the crap out of him. Um, you know, and John Berg is a fighting, fighting champion, and Corey Bush, I don't believe he was taking this too lightly, but I think there was just too many variables. Um, yeah, referee got knocked out. This is when Jesse came out, which, you know, is very odd for Jesse, a fan favorite, to come out. He came out with a steel chair, and he actually made sure that uh, he was going to hit Corey Bush with the steel chair, but the, the actually Corey Bush ducked, and he hit the referee yep. with the steel chair. So the referee got knocked out again. 
So we got referee knocked down. We got ball shots. We got this. We got that. We got the other thing. But you had an extra referee. We we did. So guess what? Wait, we had another a, licensed referee. Is this a no DQ match? No. This had DQ because referee our referee got knocked out yeah. twice. So if he got knocked out, wouldn't that have DQ Bird? He never woke up. <laughs> <laughs> So, basically, the bad boy B, the referee from Midget Wrestling Federation, he came back out, and he basically got in the ring, and there was a couple of uh, what they call false finishes, a couple of real close calls where Corey Bush almost won the title, John Berg almost retained. There was one where... uh, Corey Bush was down. John Berg went seemingly to the second turnbuckle to do his leg drop off the second turnbuckle. No, he went to the top rope. John Berg went to the top rope, ladies and gentlemen. And he did a five-star, maybe it was about a three-star, frog splash off the top rope and hit Corey Bush, and Corey still kicked out. Neither one of these guys could get put down. Excellent, excellent match. But then ultimately, when uh, the... Uh, midget referee bad boy B turned his back and he did it on purpose I think while our referee was still down the EWA referee John there with a belt in the ring Corey Bush tried to use the belt he did not use the belt to his advantage John Berg grabbed the belt put it on his shoulder grabbed Corey Bush and there was a stunner stone cold stunner, stone cold stunner with the championship belt one two three game over so how about that? And the dark horses are watching this all go down, and they're like, we're watching y'all. We're watching y'all. So as John Berg is celebrating, the Oddball Army comes back out to celebrate with him, and the members of the MWF, the Midgets, the Micro Wrestling Federation come out. The dark horses are there watching. So are they watching Berg for the heavyweight title? Are they watching the Oddball Army for the tag team titles? Who knows? But the dark horses want to get involved. They want gold. So that's what you missed, Big Ugly. Wow. Sounds eventful, man. Aren't you ashamed that you missed it? Yeah, man. So, lesson to all, don't leave after Bill Ward. Don't ever leave. Just stay to the end. There's one more thing you missed. Go ahead. Back to the Midget Battle Royal. Go ahead. Bam Bam got stuffed into a trash can. (laughs) (laughs) Got stuffed into the trash can. They laid the trash can down. And who does a moonsault on top of the trash can? The Little Show. The Little Show. Yes. Hey, that guy's crazy, man. I enjoyed working with all of them. They were fantastic. We're planning to do it again next year in the summer of 2018. Midget Mania 2 could be. We could get that, you know, like the KO2 shirt that Kevin Owens with the WrestleMania 2. That's what's going to be the logo. Midget Mania 2. Could do it. So it's going to be awesome. So uh, we've been talking about EWA Pro Wrestling for quite a while. Uh, Again, it was a great show. Glad you guys made it. Thank you for everybody that came out. We appreciate it. Uh, Keep following us on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, NDWAMaryland.com. Next show, September 23rd, Evolution, Rock and Rumble, Hall of Legends with the Bruno Martians, live music, Extreme Rules matches, all of them chosen by EWA country fans, uh, and the ladder match Battle Royal with the Evolution briefcase. All of that and so much more coming up in September. Keep it tuned. So uh, I think we should take a short break. What do you think? Short break, Good. man. We can get into some... Uh, double, double E. Some wrestling stuff in the WWE. And uh, we got some breaking <laughs> news that we're going to break to you. Because nobody knows about this news but me right now at this table. Breaking news that we're going to break. And uh, we're going to come back to you. So uh, thank you for listening to Dirty Ugly Wrestling Segment 1. Take us in the break, Jam and Jason. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. 
and we're going into break. You sound really excited about that big ugly. I'm sorry. We are just fans. <laughs> <laughs> when the lights go down. This is Dirty Mike, a.k.a. Mikey D, the voice of Maryland, and I'd like to invite you to the Pain Factory EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility, 1113 North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland, for free tryouts to be in the pro wrestling business. We also have pro wrestling birthday parties for all ages. For all that and more EWA Pro Wrestling info, contact us at 443-858-2755. Find us, like us, follow us, and join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and EWAMaryland.com. We're back. On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. Yo, yo, Big Ugly. And Jamie Jason. In the house, talking pro wrestling. And uh, why don't you explain yourself? You were very, we're like, we're not right, we're not wrong, we're just fans. Big yeah, ugly. my bad, no, man. I was, wrong with you. I was sitting here doodling with the little uh, program that we use. And I was I was just kind of caught off guard, so my apologies. Shake it off, yeah. yeah. We don't want anybody to think that we were down on ourselves. No, we up, man. Oh yeah, we up. We all the way up. We all the way up. We just haven't recovered from the wackiness from last night. Yes, That's we have not. <laughs> we that wackiness happened about twelve hours ago. <laughs> oh my goodness, the Gaga. All right, let's talk about some WWE, if we may. So uh, first, breaking news. Which y'all don't know for the first time until I'm telling you right now. Austin Aries is out of the WWE. What? What? Yes, that is correct. Uh, as Yo, hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm holding Why? up. Austin Aries. Austin Aries. Explain yourself. Okay, please. so apparently yesterday he was released from the WWE and apparently he asked for it. So this is, this is on him. So, <clears throat> Austin Aries... Ask for the release. Yep. And, like, they just give it to him immediately, not, like... They just let him out. They didn't have any contract negotiations. It was just, you know, you want your release, you're done, you're out. I'm sure there's more of the story to it than that, because this was just released. But, I mean, it's on WWE.com, and it's not like it was a bad thing, you know, like Future Endeavored kind of thing. So, Austin Aries is gone. So, I mean, he's had his WrestleMania moment. He's fought for the Cruiserweight Championship. Didn't necessarily win it, but he's fought for it. And um, there may be more things for him to do in uh, GFW, Anthem, Impact, whatever it's called now, uh, or Ring of Honor. Yeah. So So do you think that this has anything to do with him being relegated to the Cruiserweight division? Could be. It actually could be because the Cruiserweight division is, is, is what it is. It's a WWE division, but it's not as... Main evented a smack you know, on SmackDown or Raw or the pay per views. You know they do have their you know their shines, but there's only so much you can do. So yeah. that might be the case. But dude, I, this is bad for me to say. I felt like the only real stars in that cruiserweight division was Neville and Austin Aries at this point. Uh, so Austin Aries being gone, like this is not good. Like yeah, before Neville came into the picture in the cruiserweight division, it was just kind of like honestly, it was just kind of lackluster. I feel like Neville brought star power to it. Austin Aries bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. But I can understand why, because it's not like Austin Aries came in here to just be a cruiserweight division wrestler. Right. We've seen him in other shows uh, outside the WWE mm-hmm. be almost like main event level. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he might have been feeling like he was hitting some kind of glass ceiling mm-hmm. with the WWE and won it out. My mind is still blown. I can't <laughs> believe it because um, I'm a man. I was an Austin Aries fan. Man. Me too. This is, this is crazy. 
Now, I will say uh, back at WrestleMania last year, and I might have mentioned this on one of our first podcasts, Big Ugly, uh, I was just happening to walk walking through the AT&T Stadium as I was making my way uh, towards the outside part of the stadium, and Austin Aries was standing there, and I didn't you know, engage his time. He was actually standing there kind of wa- watching the matches. I went up to shake his hand, and he just he dissed me. He did not shake my hand. He was just kind of ignore me. He was like, matches are going. I'm like, okay. But, you, you know, you walk past, and in my, in my, you know, experience, you walk past a professional wrestler, you shake his hand. You know, or you offer to shake his hand, and that's what you do. It's a sign of respect. And he dissed me. So this is why he got fired, because he did that to the wrong person. Not, no. not Mikey D, but he could have, you know, but it could have been Triple H or Vince. Ha, <laughs> pal. You didn't shake my hand. God damn it. You're fired. <laughs> You say something like that. So wait, he really he really dissed you? Yeah, he did. He's a dick. There you I, I go. Don't think, I don't think you told me that story. I might man. not have. I don't think you. Man, you got to tell more of these stories. Uh, it, it's a kind of a behind the scenes story. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, I. I so you felt, walked up. He saw you. He, he saw he me. He knew your hand was out there. I extended it. You extended your hand, and he looked at you and was like, "Hey, it's a match going on." Yeah. That's it. He just had it crossed his arms, and that was it. I was like, "Wow, well, okay. I'm just gonna keep on walking." Wow. You know, but because I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of the boys. I guess one of their boys. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I, if you walk past somebody, you recognize them. You gonna say hello. You wanna say something. You don't wanna, you know, necessarily put them out or you like mark out or anything like that. But I just extended my hand and shake it. That's all. That's all. Now I'll tell you this behind the scenes story. This is from 1994. All right. So I went to the one of the first ever Hall of Fame induction banquet ceremonies that they had. Um, it was at, in Baltimore in one of the hotels downtown. And actually, after I left that event, as I was walking outside, Vince McMahon was getting into his limousine. And I almost bumped into him. He almost actually knocked me off the curb because I was walking because he's Vince McMahon. And so um, I did I did exactly that. I could have just walked away or whatever. But you know what? That's Vince McMahon. I extended my hand and I just said, Vince McMahon and kind of looked at him. He shook my hand vigorously. He was like, hey, pal, you know, something like that. And the only thing I remember specifically, he said, going to be at the show tonight, you know, because it was King of the Ring, 1994 in Baltimore. Um, You know, not the greatest King of the Ring in the world, but Owen Hart won, God bless his soul, and Roddy Piper wrestled, and uh, Jerry the King Lawler, and Art Donovan did commentary, which was terrible. Uh, But anyway, he was like, going to be at the show tonight, pal. And I was like, absolutely. He's like, all right, see you there. And, And got in his limo, and I was like, Wow, Vince McMahon just took five seconds out of his life to shake my hand. And then it's like you fast forward that to Austin Aries. F that guy. Right, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. You know what? I don't care where he's going. <laughs> all right, man. See, now you don't care. You yeah. were all shocked. I was all shocked at first, but yo dissed my man Dirty Mike. So, you know Voice what? Voice of Maryland. You deserve it. Yeah, man. He, I mean, he, he didn't know who I was. I, I ain't, I ain't yeah. shit. But, you know, but here's but the thing. But it's just the principle. It, right? it is the principle. It, it just goes to thing. show you, it's like Vince McMahon could have done the same thing to you. Like, Vince McMahon could be like, I'm getting in his limo, like, uh, you know. Yeah. And that was it. But it's like, he didn't do that. No. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, this guy, Austin Aries, who he thinks he is? I mean, come on. He, he's the greatest man who ever lived, apparently. Bigger than Vince McMahon. All right, I got another behind-the-scenes story for you. Yeah, go ahead. Go, you know, we're getting off track, but yeah. tangents. No, this is good, man. This is, you like this. Yeah. All right, so uh, this was in later on, after the Austin Aries, about, I don't know, two minutes later. I'm still, I'm walking through the back area of AT&T Stadium because I'm trying to get to where I'm going, and 
they had uh, Triple H had an entrance where he had a lot of people dressed up in skull masks yeah. out with the titles. So he had this big thing with him and Stephanie. It was like I think it was fourteen or fifteen of them that had titles. So one of them was actually Enzo Amore. This was before they came up on Raw, yeah. like later on. So Enzo Amore, I'm walking past him. And we were both walking, so we weren't stopped. So there was no handshake situation. But he gave me a, I don't. He gave me a, how you doing? Because I just kind of nodded my head as I was walking by, kind of like acknowledging yeah. that he's Enzo yeah. Amore. And he's like, I don't. I'm like, God damn, these guys. <laughs> I was, that's awesome. Yeah. And I marked out a little bit, but, you know, I wasn't going to go up to him. Oh, let me get a selfie. Let me get an autograph. I wasn't doing that. I was just like acknowledging that I just walked past Enzo Amore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. he acknowledged me. So, God bless Enzo for what that man is doing. Right now, Big Cass turned heel. Let's just say it. And a great heel turn. Destroyed Enzo, and then he tried to turn back face, saying, oh, I didn't mean it. I was just, you know, off my rocker. And then he turned heel again. So, Big Cass going single. But Big Cass and... um. Big Cass and Enzo are going to have it, and we're going to talk about Great Balls of Fire in a little while. They're going to have a match of Great Balls of Fire, but hey. Man, these are some good stories, man. We're going to have to get more stories yeah. out of this guy, if, Damn it, Jay, because he's been right. all over. He ain't shared this. We've been doing this for a whole year. <laughs> I ain't heard not one of them stories on this podcast. But I told you about some stuff when I went to Dallas and stuff, but you want to hear it, it's going to come up. Yeah. Don't you worry about it. You're going to get behind the scenes. All right, let me. All right. Look, let's just hit the quick results. I got another story I'm going to tell you. But let's hit the quick results of Honey in the Bank. So the Hype Bros back together again because Zack Ryder is back, teaming with Mojo Raleigh, and they defeated the Colons. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> so sorry, that's the only way I can read that. There is no hat thing over yeah. the thing when they look at it on uh, WWE TV. It's whatever, the ampersand, the hash mark, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, they're, they're the Colons, Primo and Echo, and apparently one of them is gone. One of them is actually okay. gone out of WWE. I don't know which one, but one of them is gone. What? So one of them got released or asked for their release? Yeah. One of the colons is gone. So there are no more colons. Yeah, it's just one more one colon. All right. And they don't sell real estate, which I love that gimmick. I got to tell you, I enjoy I like the shining stars. The like, shining stars because it, it's Gaga. You need that. Yeah. It took a minute, but when they started getting those brochures yes. and stuff and like started trying to hand them out to the wrestlers. Yes. Like, yeah, it was it was it was almost like kind of like the Brizango mm-hmm. thing going on, you know, which I'm a big fan which of. Is by big the Gaga, way. but it's great. It's great stuff. Yeah, it, It's good. Uh, and let's talk about this. So Carmella. Uh, won the initial Money in the Bank women's ladder match with the help of James Ellsworth, who climbed up the ladder, grabbed the briefcase, and actually dropped it into Carmella's arms. There was controversy with that, obviously. That match was decent. But then they had a second Money in the Bank ladder match on SmackDown the following week, and uh, Carmella won it again, and James Ellsworth tried to get interfered, but he got knocked off the ladder and nutted on the top rope. Uh, So Carmella still missed Money in the Bank. I'm okay with this. Um... Charlotte Flair, uh, Natalia, Tamina, Becky Lynch, all got great legs to stand on. Uh, but, okay, here's a side note. I don't, I, they do have legs to stand on. This is right. I got, I got a side note. I got a Carmella story. So my, go, my girlfriend and myself were in New York City uh, when, uh, I guess this was the day after Christmas of 2016, and there was a live event there at Madison Square Garden that night. So we were walking around, and we were at the top of the rock, Dirty Rock. We were at the top. And uh, we were looking around, and I noticed somebody, and I'm like, I, I know this person, but I don't know this person kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It was Carmella. Um, she wasn't with Big Cass. Big Cass wasn't on the show, or Big Cass wasn't, uh, you know, there that night, or whatever the case may be, because Big Cass, they're, they're together, like legit, in real life, Big Cass and Carmella. 
But anyway, she was just there. It was just her. And she looked completely different without makeup on. It's definitely her. But uh, I didn't approach her. I didn't say anything to her because she was trying to stay incognito. You know what I'm saying? She just didn't want to. She was just out, you know, kind of like, what do you call it? Uh, gazing like star uh, yeah. fucking, what do you call it pardon my language uh, browsing yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying thank you <laughs> I'm trying to talk yeah. about yeah but it was Carmel and it was pretty neat nice um, so it's not a great better, better story you know but, I mean I did work for James Ellsworth for two years under the independent wrestling you know and you know he probably come back there eventually but uh, you know I did work with him those are some stories I don't really want to get into right now well apparently he's going to be coming back soon because my man is suspended he yeah. is suspended for 30 days for getting involved with the women's matches so when I go to the live event that I'm going to sometime in the near future in Wildwood New Jersey Smackdown live event James Ellsworth should not be there theoretically um, so we're going to get into this too the New Day um they defeated the Usos. It was a count-out victory, so titles, tag titles did not change hands. But there was a rap battle. Y'all see this on SmackDown? I didn't, man. Uh, I missed that. I got to watch SmackDown. So, Dude, who, please watch it. All right, who, who battled? All right, so it was the Usos battling the New Day. Yeah. All right, and they all had a posse with them. And there was a, a, a Wally. Uh, one of the rappers, his name is Wally. I can't, I don't know. Wally. Well, thank you. Not yeah. Wally. That's a movie from Disney. Wally. So he was out there. And uh, he was basically the MC of the, of the rap battle. So remember the old school John Cena freestyling rap battle? Yeah. That's what this was. <laughs> and it was basically, it was a new so, it, it was a new day than a new so, a new day than a new so. Um, you gotta watch this. There's no way I can oversell this enough. This was great, and this was like taking shots at a lot of people. Like they talked about, um, the Usos talked about, you know, we, we try to keep things PG, but your boy Xavier Woods over there keeping things R rated. <laughs> like hinting at that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was part of it. Then uh, New Day hinted at, uh, you know, that they were. Talking about you guys ain't as big as Braun Strowman, but you guys do what you do best, carrying bags for Roman. Oh! <laughs> like, dude, it that was great. There was some heat in that. And dude. I was like, man, that makes me want to watch the New Day. Because I was thinking that that feud was getting a little dry. Mm-hmm. But, man, they put some personality into this feud. Good, man. I'm loving it, bro. Yeah, man. And they hinted at the Xavier Woods sex tape. Oh, I did hear God. that the WWE wasn't too happy about that line. Oh, for real, they weren't happy yeah, about the Xavier Woods. Yeah, but you... Because yeah. they're trying to distance themselves yeah. from it, yeah. And from what I heard, that they've edited that out. Like, if you go to watch it on their website, yeah. they've edited that little comment out. Oh, they whack, man. I hope... <laughs> like, I hope... I hope when Because I'm going to end up watching this on Hulu, man. I hope there that... Uh, but the thing was, out. it worked so well. Yeah, yeah. It made sense. And yep. it's like, you want to see heat like that. You want to see the line of person, like, reality and fiction... Mm-hmm. That's what you want to see. So, oh my God, it was so good. But they're going to face each other at Battleground again for the tag team titles. That's the next match. Do you think this uh, New Day got one more run in the Absolutely. tag team championship? Absolutely. I would think, I feel like um, they got to, almost like you said, like, you know, bringing the heat. They just got to, for me, get a little more serious. Like, they've been very comedic mm-hmm. um, as of, like, the past year or so. Mm-hmm. Just And not to say it got turned heel, but just get a little more serious. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what it'll do for me. The only thing can get more serious in the ring between the ropes, like, bell to bell, but they still got the comedy. They still got the gaga. They still sell merchandise. Yeah. I want the ice cream bars. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. I want it to happen. But I, I see what you're saying. I see what your point is. You know, like, if they get stale, that's what they exactly they got to do. They got to pull back the comedy. 
and yeah. build up the intensity. Like, I remember, you remember that one time, I think they were still heels at this point, but they kind of were being a little comical, but they were still heels. Yeah. You remember that one time they came out and they just like drugged Dolph Ziggler's beaten body out there <laughs> and just kind of threw him on stage? And it's like, that right there was like, that it took it to another level because up until then they had just all been like kind of heels, but yeah. kind of comical. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah. these guys are serious. Like, they just beat the crap out of Ziggler. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who was supposed to come out and compete. So, you know, obviously they're their faces, so they're not going to go beat somebody down. But, right. you know, just to get a little more serious. I like it. I like it. That could be something that they could do. Yeah. Uh, Naomi defeated Lana. And you know, I still don't understand why Lana got a title match. But, uh, dude, I don't understand Lana. Okay. Like, she's what, a stripper now? Something like that. She's like a stripper. She's probably the most undeserving person of a title match right mm-hmm. now. Um, so, like, they're just trying to push her. And I feel like. The time to push her was a while back. Mm-hmm. And now they're pulling the trigger, but I feel like it's too late. And I feel like she's not prepared for the kind of push that they're giving her. She's not ready to be up in the title picture yet. Agreed. You know, do like they were doing with Eva Marie. When they started trying to push Eva Marie, they didn't just put her right in title matches. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They started putting that little gimmick on her mm-hmm. where she had the malfunctions and it was just regular matches. Yep. But that's what you do, man. Like, Lana is not ready for this. I agree. Jamie Jason? I agree. I agree. I think she needs a little, little bit more training behind the scenes as mm-hmm. well, you know. And she it had a yeah, she had title match at uh, Money in the Bank and another one on SmackDown where yeah. she got squashed in like six seconds. Yeah, um, legit six seconds. But you 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 agree with Big Ugly? Yeah. She needs a little more work. Yep, definitely. definitely. Or, or a little bit different gimmick to build under her to get back yeah, into where she is because it's like they throw it on her. Yeah, the stripper gimmick has nothing to do with when she was managing Rusev. Like, right, it's, it's such a totally, far departure, right? Yeah. It's like, they could have even strapped her with that whole Russian-Bulgarian gimmick where she still wears the the suit dresses and, you know, she's still, like, kind of a stuck-up person, but then yeah. she gets out there and wrestles and, you know, I don't understand why they just didn't keep that because that's what fans were starting to love anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They were all over her. They, they were right. chanting her name when Rusev was out there and Thank getting... you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so imagine taking that and then you just stick that in matches... You know, people are going to start catching on. They're going to like it. But saddling somebody with a stripper gimmick, like, <laughs> dude, come on, man. Yeah. It's and especially weird. being WWE, and it's like they want to stay away from this kind of provocative stuff. And she, They're trying. She's a stripper. Yeah, she's a stripper or an exotic and dancer Woods or something. Xavier has a sex tape. <laughs> That's right. Now we all know it. So Brizongo defeated the Ascension, which was weird because the Ascension was... Uh, stalking Brizongo throughout the night, whatever happened. It turned out to be an okay match, uh, but it was just kind of a come down match. So here's my thing that, and what what was it? Was it when I was over here and we were watching? What what was it where we found out that the Ascension was actually the one that had attacked Tyler Breeze? I think it was Money in the Bank. That was Money in the Bank, right? Yeah. Which was like the most anticlimactic, <laughs> like like conclusion I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, why? Like, I'm still not understanding why the Ascension is after Tyler Breeze and and Fandango. Did we get an explanation? Nope. Like, what? What no is this, man? <laughs> like, and out of all people, why the Ascension? Like, you know, here's two guys focused on like fashion and stuff, and here's two like I don't know demonic wasteland guys. Like, what do they care about <laughs> these two guys? Like, it, oh man, this it just doesn't make sense, man. I feel like it's bringing. Brizongo down because I love them and I love what they're doing and it's like you're straddling them with these guys that yeah. no one cares about anymore. You know, gosh, 
All right. I feel you. I'm no, sorry. Tangent's good. I, I just, appreciate you. It's just my frustration with that. Yeah. I appreciate you. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to go too far, much farther into that because I think we're all agreed on that one. Like, what? why? What? Yeah. Like, What's the point? But I do like Brizango. I, I think they're entertaining. Uh, and then the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, uh, Baron Corbin actually won the Money in the Bank briefcase, and he's been teasing it. And so Baron Corbin eventually will become this uh, WWE champion, more than likely, because that's what happens when you win the Money in the Bank. Um, Shinsuke, still a special attraction. Dolph Ziggler has been relegated to the the Independence Day Battle Royal that they had on July 4th, and Dolph Ziggler got thrown out early. Can I say something real you quick sure about Shinsuke? Can. They need to keep Shinsuke off of some of these SmackDown shows. I agree. Like, I feel like they're pretty much making him into just a straight, you know, hey, he's just another wrestler. We're going to give him matches every SmackDown. No, man. Like, you're going to open him up. You're going to let people see that, like, he doesn't really have a big wheelhouse of tricks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that, you know, it's kind of... I mean, listen, I ain't trying to dog Shinsuke out, but the guy pretty much does the same things. You know what I'm saying? Like, he does, he, he doesn't really have a wide array of... That's what Brock Lesnar does. He's got suplex, suplex, F5, repeat. I, thank you. But he's right? a special attraction. Well, he's a special attraction. Like, once in a while. Yeah. Thank you. And so it doesn't make people feel like, man, this is getting old. You right. know what I'm saying? And that's what they got to do with Shinsuke. Like, when Shinsuke start bringing them knees to people... It, it should, you know, we should want to see it because we ain't seen it in a while. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. We ain't seen him take somebody to knee city, you know, or knee heaven. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> knee heaven. So, but, you know, that's the way it should be. But it's like, no, what we're saying is that every, almost every SmackDown, like he's involved in something, like right. a match or something. They're pulling it back a little bit now. Since uh, Money in the Banks a couple of weeks ago, I don't think we've seen him but once since, but it was on a backstage promo mm-hmm. and Baron Corbin attacked him. So... I think they're going to start out something with him and Corbin, but it's not going to be an every week thing. Good. Keep them out of it. I All agree. Right. Uh, Sami Zayn is now, uh, actually, Sami Zayn is involved as a person who is breaking up uh, Maria Kanellis and Mike Bennett Kanellis or Mike Kanellis because he took her last name, so Maria's back on SmackDown. What a joke. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so Sami Zayn, they were like cutting a promo of love in the back, and uh the power went out. Well, they showed Sami Zayn kind of working out and tripping over power cords. So I think that was their way of just covering it up. But it actually worked because Sami Zayn is supposed to be a klutz, mm-hmm. which is interesting because he's fantastic in the ring. But uh, yeah, that's a new 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 bit for them. Uh, AJ Styles uh, was going to be going on. He won the Fourth of July Independence Day Battle Royal to get an opportunity to face Kevin Owens for the U.S. Championship. And breaking news! Excuse me, y'all. Breaking news. Madison Square Garden, Friday, July 7th. While Midget Mania was going on in Parkville, Maryland, they had a SmackDown Raw Super Show happening at Madison Square Garden. And the new United States champion is AJ Styles. Are you serious? He defeated Kevin Owens for that title. That's a legit reaction. Now, that's all right. Because I I saw it this morning when I woke up. It's like AJ Styles has got got the belt. And I'm like, he's cutting a promo. And it says AJ Styles defeats Kevin Owens at Madison Square Garden. So... What does this mean? Is Kevin Owens injured? Did they had to get him out quick and write him out? You know, or is it just because this is Madison Square Garden? It was a big super show, so they just got some shock value for the show, and now they can go into battleground with AJ defending the U.S. belt against Kevin Owens. Maybe, perhaps. I think that's what they did. I think that you know, at this point, you gotta sometimes when you do these like really special shows, you gotta give people something that made them feel like it was worthwhile to come. You know what I'm saying? Like they're seeing something exclusive that no one else got to see. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They were there when AJ beat Kevin Owens for the US title. It wasn't on a pay-per-view. You know, it wasn't on SmackDown. So, 
I think that's what it is. Yeah, and it was it's good when house shows do that every once in a while because the WWE had that moniker back when remember that anything can happen in yep. the WWE, Jam yep. Jason. I do. Like Diesel beating uh Bob Backlund in eight yep. seconds. And now it happened in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yeah, we've had title changes have happened out of nowhere, Jay, Jam and Jason. So we, we come back and watch the uh, the TV Raw or the pay-per-view in your house and be like, oh, we got a new champion. Like, yeah. what happened? It's like when Mick Foley won the title on Raw. Yeah. Like, who expected that? Right. Well, that's true. No, well, well, that well, one was taped, though. Yeah, because yeah. WCW. WCW gave away the results. Yep. So we knew it was coming, but it was you had to watch it, though. It was so exciting when that happened. Stone Cold came out and stunned everybody, and uh, Mick Foley won. It was great. So I enjoyed that. But that's SmackDown. That's kind of the rundown of what's going on. Battleground coming up next. Can I say this? Uh, please. Uh, I don't, how have you guys been feeling about Kevin Owens in, on SmackDown? I, I, I've been feeling, for me, I felt like after his uh, feud with Jericho, it was like such a high. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's like he's like come down for me. Like it's kind of just been like, I don't know, man. I've just been iffy on him. Since he got to SmackDown, um, dried out a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, dried out a bit. Um, I think they need to ramp up this feud that, with Styles a mm-hmm. little more, give it a little more TV time because it kind of took a break to get them into Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. So kind of, yeah, you know, just brought them down a little bit. Took the focus off of those sure. two. So I sure. think if they bring the focus back to those two, assuming he's not injured, which may be the case, yeah. you know, check out your Google machine, yeah. find out what's going on with KO because he could be KO. He could be knocked out. <laughs> knocked the F out. And I was really hoping that we can get into this. This kind of leads into Cena, but I was really hoping that that would be Cena's first opponent. Kevin Owens? Kevin Owens again. Okay. I would like yeah. to see that again. We saw that yeah, last summer man. when Kevin Owens beat him. Yeah, That's so, right. Because it's almost like a flip, you know, because before Cena had the open challenge for the U.S. Right, right. Out. And now, now Kevin Owens with the open challenge and yeah. John Cena accept. Now that would be good. We got John Cena and Rusev in a flag match coming up at Battleground. I just don't understand that one. Uh, Haven't we been there, done that? We've this feud already so <laughs> many times. Hold on, hold on, we, hold on. Say that again. What the flag match? Yeah, who's in the flag match? Rusev and John Cena. Cena. Oh, because John Cena made his return and then Rusev interrupted the return. Right. I saw some highlights of that. Okay, and. And it's the same old USA versus every other country. Yeah. Why are they going there again? Like, I get that it was July 4th, all right, for yeah. the SmackDown. Right. But it's like, that doesn't mean you actually start an, like an American-Russian feud, okay? Again, like, we just went through this. Yeah, they, yeah, we did. I know they're familiar with each other, and I know that, you know, they like working each other, but we, we've been there, done that, you know? Because it was WrestleMania. Which one was in San Francisco? Yeah, WrestleMania 32. That was 2015? Oh, yeah, 2015. 31, okay. I'm sorry. 31, San Francisco. 32 was Dallas. 33 was Orlando. Mm-hmm. So just a couple of years ago, and that was a big feud, and that feud ended very lacklusterly because Rusev was undefeated. Rusev was the man. You could not defeat him. You couldn't put him down, and then John Cena beat him with an FU, you yeah. know, one, two, three, and won the title, or an AA, whatever it's called. Well, it was an FU, though, if you think about it. It kind of was. Like, FU, Rusev, you're done. We're done with you. Get out. Now you're going back down to the mid-card. But... And they made this whole big deal about Rusev, you know, trying you know, on social media saying he wants to come back at Money in the Bank. He wants to fight for the title. And if he doesn't, he's never coming back again. So now he comes back and ch- challenges John Cena. So it's kind of the same old thing. Yeah. So, no, we don't want to see that. But what we do want to see is the newest WWE pay-per-view coming up very shortly after this podcast is over. Great Balls of Fire. Has that name grown on anybody yet? No, no. Big Ugly? Not at all. Okay. It's never going to happen. I like the music, the old school feel, like the 50s, 60s kind of Beach Boys-ish. It's not. It's a summer thing. I get it. But 
You could have done that and still called it Great American Bash. You really could have. <laughs> why? Why got to be Great Balls of Fire? Because when I hear wrestlers and workers just say that, like Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar, which I'm so excited to see. And Jam and Jason, we're going to go down the rundown because you got it. Uh, that's going to be the main event for the Universal Championship. I, when I hear Samoa Joe going, at the, you know, I'm going to tear Lesnar's head off and at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view, I'm like, I, no, it just takes it, it away just, from me. Yeah. It Even makes, Heyman can't sell it to me. Heyman says it like three times a promo. It's like, at the Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view, Brock. Oh, that's, I, it just doesn't work. I can't yeah. do it. Jamie can, can I give a shout out to one more another well, podcast here that shout, I listen to? Why don't you shout out? Because I don't have cable, so I have to listen to a podcast to kind of get caught up on Raw and SmackDown every week. Okay. So I listen to it's a, guy, a podcast called The Late Shift with okay. Stephen Bell. He's renamed this pay per view, and he's got a great name for it. And I've kind of taken to this name. Okay. Flaming Testicles. <laughs> Flaming testicles <laughs> pay-per-view. It works a little better. It's a little shorter, a little easier. A little you know, that would sell. Yeah. Uh, you know, Vince wants to talk about grapefruits and testicular there you go. The flaming testicles. That's right yeah. there. Swig of water for the flaming testicles. Um, but uh, that sounds like a bad 80s progressive rock band, the flaming testicles. Uh, and you just want to keep saying testicles on the Dirty <laughs> Ugly Wrestling Podcast because <laughs> we're dirty and we're ugly. We're not right. We're not wrong. We're just flaming testicles. <laughs> that was better. Yeah. Jim and Jason, hit the rundown for us for Great Balls of Fire. We got Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar yep. for the Universal title. And then? Let's see. We got uh, Neville versus Kira Tazawa. Kira I'm, Tazawa. I'm a fan of Tazawa. I like him. Okay. He's been one of the... Right spots. Trying to join the Titus brand. The yep. Titus brand. Oh, oh, is that the cruiserweight title match? Yes. Okay. Good. Yes. Good. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. So then we're back at this now. Strowman's back, <laughs> and that's an ambulance match. It's an ambulance match. So you got to throw your opponent in the back of an ambulance, and the drivers. You got to shut the door, and the driver just moves. Yep. Dude, Strowman is like so over, man. He but is mostly over. Mostly because he's like beating the crap out of Reigns. That's yeah. exactly yeah. why he's over. Yeah. So does this? Legitimately and by association turn Roman heel, or is it just Roman's still that anti kind of guy? Roman's still that anti guy. Yeah. I think they're just going. I think they're just going to keep riding that way. You going to roll it? Yeah, they're just going. It's keep more. Uh, like I say it's more drawing in than if you actually just turn them one way or the other because yeah. yeah. the fans can now make their decision. It's it's fun to boo Roman Reigns. It's yeah. cool to go yeah, thank boo Roman Reigns. I think that's what it's become. All right, so if we take if we go back like a year or two ago, I think fans genuinely did not like Roman Reigns. Like, no. you know, he couldn't cut promos. His ring work wasn't that great, right. you know, going back like two or three years. And they were shoving him down everybody's throat. Exactly. Now, I think it's gotten to a point where it's like, most of us look at Roman Reigns' matches and it's like, that was a good match. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, he's and a hard like, worker. Right, he's, he's a hard worker. And it's like, when I say Roman Reigns suck, it's like, I... I genuinely don't not like Roman Reigns, but it's just it's just fun to not like Roman Reigns at this point. Exactly. And I think that WWE understands that, and they just want to keep riding that way. And people want to buy that merchandise and watch his matches, and that, that's fine. Yeah. You're, you're still interested in knowing who who's feuding with Reigns. If Reigns got injured, right, mm-hmm. and he couldn't wrestle, like people would be missing Reigns, yeah. like you know, because like his feuds are still the, right. one of the best feuds to watch. They would have to like play his music as a tease somewhere yeah. just to get the crowd hot. For yeah. that, um, and then when he didn't come out, they would probably boo even more. Right, you know, whoever came out to, to get that heat. Ah, so I love it. Yeah, they. It's fun to boo Roman Reigns. Um, let's talk about the ambulance match. I think we've seen one or two of these in our life, Jam and Jason. Uh, they always come across a little strange. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so 
it, it comes across a little strange, but let me tell you, the lead up to this match, Braun Strowman actually just chucked Roman Reigns off of the off of the stage into the ambulance. I mean, that was pretty cool. That was and then uh, Roman Reigns was in the driver's seat when Braun Strowman was looking around and the ambulance wasn't going, and you know he jumped out. I think he faced, faced Apollo Crews or something like that. that night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he beat the crap out of Because I remember Titus trying to get in the ring. And he and, beat Titus, yeah. too. Yeah, he did. Finally, Titus took a bump after right. all these years. Dude. Oh, man. So I, like, I like the whole Titus Bryant thing. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's fun, yeah. So, um, what else we got on that card? So, oh, we're yeah. going to run it. Reigns also speared Braun off of the... Uh, off of the stage off through the, stage, the set. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was great. It was a so, couple pay-per-views ago. He tried to, Braun tried to spear Reigns through an ambulance door. Yeah. I remember Reigns moved yeah. and yeah. <laughs> took the whole door off. Yeah. That's right. So I'm excited about this match, honestly. I, I I thought that this feud might be a little stale if they if one or one or both of them came back into it, but I'm excited. Yeah. I'm ready to watch these two beat the crap out of each other. Definitely. So we got two strong main events. Um and uh, what, do you, what else you got on there? I know uh, we're getting the nod, we're getting the signal here. Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks. Hmm. For the women's title? Women's title, yep. Could be interesting, but Sasha hasn't had a lot of a push recently, and Alexa, I do love her, but she's uh, she's got to come out of that funk where she just had that weird Singapore cane match with Bailey. Yeah, that was, that was, that was bad. Yeah. You know, Sasha's a weird case, man, because everybody used to want her, you know, it was all about Sasha. Like, we want yeah. Sasha. And I don't think that I think that the issue is that since she's been up on the main roster, I don't think she's been able to deliver a match like we saw down at NXT, like no. those classics that she put on with Bailey. <clears throat> um, and so I think that that's kind of hurt her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like everybody's expected to see something like that, and she has yet to actually pull that off. Um, Everybody's expecting her to turn heel too, because she's a much better heel than she is a face. Yes, yeah. but I think she's selling a lot of merchandise, and she might be relating to all the little girls. But the problem is, you got Bailey doing that too. So does it make more sense to turn Sasha heel or Bailey heel? Or are they just dragging this whole thing out to do, to do yeah. one of them? And, and, and that's the thing, Bailey is not connecting. No, like, she is not connecting with them on the main roster like she did in NXT. No, which is a shocker for me, man. I didn't see that coming. I thought she would turn heel in the Kane match. I was just waiting for her to unload and snap. That would be dope, that man. Has she ever been <laughs> Not that I know of. Not in NXT. Right. That would be, be something fresh, man. That would be yeah. fresh to see yeah. Bailey turn heel and yeah. say, this was my childhood dream yeah. and you took it away from Dude, me. Yeah. Have her turn heel on Sasha. Yeah, great, great flip the way, script completely. Right. Exactly. Great way to get Sasha you know, back into you know, fan favorite and then people start hating Bailey and hopefully we can get a match out of him like we've seen before. Heck yeah. Like they did the Iron Woman match and all kinds yeah. of stuff, and uh, like you said, Charlotte and, and uh, Becky and Sasha had that triple threat at Dallas, which was best match on the card, I think. Charlotte is a hell of a worker. Charlotte like, can make girl, a paper bag go, and a man. mop look good. Yeah. That girl can go. So she don't even need the title, even right. though she'll get it eventually. She don't need it. Yeah, man. Not even close. She's the real deal. What else? So we got Rollins, Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt, which uh, I ain't excited, dude. Let me. I, I just been disappointed in both of these characters. We yeah. we didn't talk that length about my opinions with Wyatt Absolutely. and not having a family. So yep. everybody knows how I feel about that. But Seth Rollins, man, you know, I was listening to Steve Austin, and he feels the same way. Like, no, who is Seth Rollins at this point? It's like. It was easy to understand who he was after he turned on Shield, joined up with the Authority. Right. But at this point, him being a face, it's like Seth freaking Rollins. Like, I don't get him. I don't get what he's going after. I don't. I don't get any of it, man. Yeah, I don't either. I don't get why it's beef with him. Like, I, I'm. 
It's just two guys that have, they are big players that have nowhere to go right now. Pretty much. And it's a shame because both of them have fantastic possibilities. Right. And yeah. and my thing is, you split up Wyatt from the rest of the family. My, like, what was the idea for Bray Wyatt? Like, did he just come over to Raw just to be another body and be, you know, a superstar? Or is there actual plans for Bray Wyatt? Because I have not seen a change in him whatsoever since coming over. Nope. Like, no difference in his character, nothing. It's like, what what's the plan for him? I would think that they, they should be turning him face. That's what I want to say. You know, they because they got, you know, turn all the lights off, got all the cell phones up. He's selling merchandise, but turn him face. So this cryptic stuff that he keeps talking about, let him do it in a face way yeah. against whoever he's trying to face and uh, whoever my, he's trying to take on. In my view that I've been kind of fantasy booking in my mind, Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. That and would And then you can be, kind of bring in the whole Bo oh, Dallas. Awesome. <laughs> that make, would be that would wouldn't be cool. Uh, would that be cool? Because Miz is so like real world Hollywood. That's why style. it makes no sense. It's so polar opposite. So polar opposites. Yeah, and then would be you intriguing. could drag Bo into it. Yeah. Uh, well, now he's got the Miz has got his on to the, his Miz He's got Bo Dallas in there and Curtis Axel. Dude, I love it, man. How about that? I love it, and I love I love them adding them too with Miz. You know, give him heaters. I love that. Like it's kind of like Miz going through stuff with his wife because he's like obsessed with like this Dean Ambrose thing. Yep. So it's like causing problems for him with that. You know, I, I like this feud with Miz and Ambrose. They're doing a good job. I like the feud. I just don't want to see it go too much longer. Because I think they, they I don't know. Think I think now, it. I think they have. But yeah. I think it's fresh now with the with the, the heaters that they got now. So it's a different angle on it. Yes. Um, so I do like it. Uh, I just want to see The Miz go above and beyond. I want to see The Miz and Bray Wyatt. I want to see Bray Wyatt turn face. Um, you know, this is this is good in a sense that it's made me realize. Miz works well when you give him someone else. He was already doing great. But you think about when The Miz had Damian Sandow. Absolutely. And it's like that team, like, he does well when you give him, like, other heaters. Like, it, it elevates him even more. Right? I agree. It makes him step up his game. Yes. So, and The Miz, I got to say, is not only the hardest worker, but I, I love watching any Miz segment. Yes. Just, I am captivated by him, by Maurice, by everything that they do. They've got to put him in the title picture soon, man. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's 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 got to be, like, top one, one of the top stars. I mean, Absolutely. we're talking up there on Reigns and Lesnar level. Does he um, fit into, like, Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar, Reigns, Strowman? Does he fit there? Does he just get crushed? I mean, that's, seriously. I say you put, you guy, see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. He fits there if you keep him with his mid If you give him other people that give him the advantage, he can fit there. Well, that's kind of like Jinder Mahal right now. Pretty much. Jinder Mahal's got the Bollywood boys yeah. on his side that keep taking right. a hell of a beating, let and me that, tell you what. Seth Rollins had the same thing with J&J Security. That's, that you, was you, good. You take, you take these guys. Jinder Mahal is a big guy, so he doesn't necessarily need heaters, but I understand why they did it to help his little... His well, they need heaters thing. as well, because even when he talks, he nobody talks for him, but it just makes... Because he's not that... Because they shoved him on us so quickly, he doesn't really have that backing as a main event superstar yes. right now. That's why he needs heaters. Right. Yeah, so I say Miz, Miz can talk. You give him some heaters, you know, to help him win those matches, those big matches that count. Um, you know, I think he could be a player up there with yeah. the Lesnar and stuff. Um and I know, I know we're running on time here, but I want to jump back. I forgot, and we just skipped right over Jinder Mahal. So Jinder Mahal kept the 
SmackDown uh, WWE Championship against Randy Orton in a fantastic match. Uh, and it was um, Jinder Mahal kept the title and the Bollywood Boys took another beating. So now they're building up and I thought that feud was over. I was wrong. Now they're putting them in a Punjabi prison match. Is this a, like a Hampton Street fight? No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think so. And it's not a rib either. Right, yeah. No, they've only had two in existence. One was terrible. The next one was better. So it was the Great Kali who kind of started this Punjabi prison thing. Yeah. Problem is, Great Kali can barely walk, let alone climb. So what the idea for the Punjabi prison, if y'all don't know, is it's like a bamboo cage. So one of them is right up against the, of the ring. So it's like a 15-foot-high bamboo cage. Then there's an outer perimeter bamboo cage, and it's 30 feet tall. So you got to get out of the first cage, and then you got to get out of the second cage. That's how okay. you win. It was Great Kali versus Big Show, which was terrible booking because they're big and they're both slow at the time. Yeah. Um, then it was Great Kali and Batista, which was better. I enjoyed it. Now it's Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton, which I think they could do a lot with this. It could be the best one yet. It could be the best one yet. And it's for the SmackDown uh, WWE Championship. I am um, excited to see that. I am ready for the feud to move on. I want to see who they can put uh, Mahal against. I say Mahal keeps that title, though. If he keeps the title. Um, I want Randy oh, to man, get it for I, 15 I, times, man. Come on. Yeah, I, I hope I hope they don't get, put it back on Randy, man. I, I don't think they should put it on Randy to begin with from... Wyatt, but whatever. Yeah, so, I feel you. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm ready to see what else uh, they got from the hall. Cool. Let's jump back. What about do we miss? Uh, let's see. We got anything else? Enzo Amore versus Big Cass, which, which we, we talked about. Talked about. Yo, yeah. let me just say this: Enzo Amore, he's going to be the standout man. I'm I'm trying to tell you guys, right? <laughs> I've been trying to tell you. Everybody want to keep talking about oh when they when they split up, Big Cass. You know, um, he's going to go on be this big superstar. Blah blah blah. What are they going to do with Enzo? Are they going to put him down to the cruiserweight division? Let me tell you something. Enzo is going to be the breakout star from this. I'm telling you. Okay. Not Cass. Cass is going to do some things, but I I don't feel like people give as much credit to Enzo they and don't. what he's capable of, you know, as he deserves. Because this guy, he he's an okay worker in the ring. Mm-hmm. And he's great on the microphone. Right. And Enzo can keep it comical, but he can also get serious because he's got that crazy look in his eyes. You know, that guy look crazy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like he can take his character and things to another level that I feel like Cash don't have. I feel like without Cash there, we're, we're really going to see what Big Cash is made of. Now. Yeah, we are. Because he's like right now he's in a feud with Enzo, so he's comfortable. Right. Right. Um, what's going to happen when he leaves that feud with Enzo? Who is Big Cash now that he's not? With Enzo Amore, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Enzo's going to keep doing his thing, so I'm excited to see what happens because that promo that Enzo cut was just like spot on. Well, Monday Night Raw, yeah, the, the week Raw. after he got beat. After yeah, it's like that was like almost a shoot promo, right? Because he was basically just straight talking, yeah. And he did great. You see that, Jamie? No, I did not see that. Check, you got to check okay. that out. Enzo Amore's promo it opened up Raw last week, uh, the week after he got beat down by Cass the first time. Okay. And uh, then, uh, actually, after he cut the promo, he came back, cut a second small promo. Then, Big Cass was in the back watching the TV, and he was talking to whoever was backstage, and, and Enzo just came out and then just jumped him. And he got him. I'm like, damn, I'm liking this. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Dude, okay. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with Enzo. We've seen small guys, you know, um, do, do it before. Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, you know, they were all small guys. They've all been, like, you know, main event level. Yeah. I think Enzo got I'm it. I'm surprised they did it this way. I thought Enzo would be the heel. 
I thought he would be the one, you know, after, you know, going and hitting on Lana a well, while back. Like, he was doing all these heelish moves. You know, well, he's still, I think they're still pacing it that way for him to so be good. the heel because he turned on Enzo and he got all the heat. And then Enzo's coming out saying, you know, we were partners, we were brothers, we were friends. But now, you know, you did it the wrong way. Yeah. But he, he basically did this kind of a shoot promo, which was great. Um, so, again, that line with reality and fiction, yep. when they start teasing that, that's good. Yeah, man. People love it. And, I mean, that's why we were just talking about that rap that they did earlier, man. That's what makes that <laughs> stuff good, man, yeah. is when you start you start blurring those lines, man. Because everybody knows that it's a work these days. So, it's like when you start bringing in that stuff that nobody expects you to, it's yeah. like, oh, this is When good you start stuff, hitting man. up that stuff. Yeah. Mauro Ronaldo. By the way, is on NXT. He is their uh, lead commentator. So he even talked about on a shoot, kind of like, you know, his part of the anti-bullying campaign and everything like that. Because apparently he was made fun of or razzed or whatever by JBL or whatever the case may be. And JBL's never going to get that slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. But Mauro Ronaldo took a few time off and went back to doing his boxing thing. Now he's on NXT. That's a perfect place for him because he can get that talent over. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. And Definitely. put a little juice back into NXT, which is a little dry right now. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Roode's still hot, but there's really nobody to face him. Uh, there's a couple people, but Asuka's still hot, undefeated. Almost heelish, but uh, we need people to face them. And the Authors of Pain run a great tag team run, but they need people to face. Mauro and Allo getting all these guys over, by yeah. the way. Yep. They need to start sending, um, back in the day, like two years ago, I would say, they used to send WWE superstars down to NXT to yes. do feuds. You know, yes. Natalia went back down a feud with Charlotte. Yep. We've seen Cesaro go down a few, you know. With Sami Zayn. With Sami Zayn, right. Yeah. So it's like... They they need to start doing that again. Jericho like, went down there a couple times. Right, they got a few people. They got the talent. I mean, the main roster is filled with talent. Like you can spare some guys, not just sending them back down to NXT, but just to go make some angles hot, man. Right, and to and even build put people. a little shine on themselves too, because right. down there, even if they're not being used on the main roster, they can be used in a semi or main event storyline. Right, down in NXT to get your guys to the next. Oh my, somebody calling into the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Hotline. Oh, right. But, uh, <laughs> no, I feel you. But, uh, you know, I've been watching NXT. NXT is decent. Uh, but they just need they need a little pool. They need some. Yeah. Yeah, they need they some. They got NXT yeah. Brooklyn 3 coming up in a couple of weeks right before SummerSlam. So they're going to have to have something big. Yeah. Speaking of, man, you know, this is not speaking of NXT, but I was thinking about what we were talking about, about blurring the lines. And it reminded me of when John Cena cut that promo on Miz back on SmackDown, I think it was. When he was talking about how, like, you know, people don't want to see him facing Miz. At right, people want to they see him in The Undertaker. Undertaker. You know, that feud, they were blurring lines. And that's mm. what made that, that feud yeah. great. That feud was great. The payoff wasn't great yeah. because Miz kind of got this. Well, Miz beat the hell out of John Cena at WrestleMania. But John Cena hit his five moves of doom and it was over. And then John Cena proposed to Nikki Bella. That was what the whole thing was about. Yeah. And Al Roker, like, what the hell? Yep. That was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> Can I just cover it real quick? I know we're about to wrap up. Yeah, man, go ahead. So, Albert, so we talked about TNA has now changed their name to Global Force Wrestling. It's GFW, Anthem. That's what the company's called. Yeah. But it, their show is called Impact. So, oh, so it's Impact. Impact. Okay, cool. So, Alberto Del Rio, the unified champion. Unified or champion. Like that. Yeah. Here's a company that knows what to do with this guy. Yeah. Um, they got him. His his gimmick is working. They put two heaters on him, you know, kind of like Mahal. But now they're like luchadors. So I like the fact that they like dress their suits, but they come out with their masks yeah, on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a cool look. You know, um, man, that's what WWE could have done with uh, Del Rio. Could have. 
They and they're not going to. You, like you said, they have so much talent up there that they and even with all the shows that they got, there's not enough room for everybody. Yeah, no, no, no. And Del Rio, if he was still on the roster, he'd still be in the same position he's in. You yeah. know, mid card, having matches for no reason. I think Austin Aries um, is going to end up back in Anthem in Ring of Honor. Yeah, oh, I'm I, sorry, and uh, yeah. GFW, whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked. What do you guys think about Hardy's? Hardy's, uh, they they still got this feud with Sheamus and Cesaro real quick. Yeah. Um, to me, it's stale. I don't think they work well together. I don't think they really have a lot of chemistry. Are the Hardys, are we going to get the broken gimmick? Or is this like a rap? This is just what we see. We just see the Hardys as it is. They teased at this on the WWE Network. Corey Graves was interviewing the Hardys, and he said, hey, you know, what about this broken Matt Hardy thing? And he talked about, you know, the, the, you know, the gimmick was owned by the other company, whatever. But he's, you know, slowly bringing it back, and you can see shades of it coming out he's doing the delete thing every now and again he's talking like marvelous you know he's talking like but he's not doing the full whole deal so i think they're gonna keep letting him go in because the hardy's still got a lot of heat right now they're selling a lot of merchandise uh not heat but you know fire you know what i'm saying yeah, they're selling yeah. a lot of merchandise um they're doing well in the ring and yeah, the iron man match coming up yeah that's right that's so that's an um 30 minute 30 minute iron man match so whichever team wins most falls yep wins the tag team titles after that I think that's probably the payoff. Yeah, yeah, that should be the payoff. They've had regular matches, cage matches, ladders because they did that at WrestleMania. Yep. I think they're done. The Hardys need something else to do. Yeah. Uh, now the question is, what? Are, I mean, because they don't have the titles, so I wonder where they go from here. But I mean, that's to be seen. So yeah, I, I'm sure they got ideas for them. But uh, I like the Hardys. I do. I like the old school kind of feel, like the yeah. Attitude yeah. Era kind of feel. Yeah, so. definitely. And uh, I think Jeff Hardy was on a podcast. I think it might have been. Uh, Chris Jericho's mm-hmm. podcast and he was talking about how they have to come out to that old music and mm-hmm. like he can't he hates that like old music <laughs> he wants to he wants to play yeah. his own songs like he's created a lot yeah. of songs for his own gimmick he wants to bring that stuff out yeah. and he wrote the broken gimmick too the whole piano deal and he, mm-hmm. yeah he wants to do that I want to see Jeff Hardy go nuts like he did in, in TNA I want to see all that that crazy stuff that would be good but uh, right now they're, they're tag teams they're mid card they can't overshadow what's happening in the main yeah, so. yeah. yeah they're going to ride the nostalgia for, for a bit um, I like nostalgia but eventually the nostalgia is going to get old exactly you know, it, it happens to the Dudleys oh yeah yeah, that's right. And I don't want to see what happened with the Dudleys. The Dudleys, you know, had their run, and unfortunately, they went back. They got their own wrestling school. They're doing great, but I, I, it was a shame. Though. Yeah, it's a legendary tag team like that to have them come back and it fizzle out the way they did. Yeah, it, it just uh, wasn't a good look at all, man. They should have came back hot, and then when, and when it was up, it should have ended right there. Right. Yeah. But they wanted to drag it out, you know, they, and they got some other guys over, like Enzo and Cass. You know, they helped get them over. Dude, Devon's an agent. Did you see? He pulled apart a backstage. Yeah, he sure oh, did. He okay. an agent now for WWE. Yeah. How about that? Hey, you heard uh, Tyson Kidd also. And that, I'm so agent. happy for him. Yeah. Because he got blackballed completely from the company because he got injured and got like stripped off of Total Divas yep. and all that because they didn't want to show weakness for, you know, oh, they were, this is the life of the pro wrestler. Yeah. They didn't want to do that. He is so talented and right. he is great and as a road agent. Yeah, I'm so glad they brought him on. Love it. Man, a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on in pro wrestling. Great balls of fire. Battlegrounds coming up. SummerSlam. It's been a great... We, what, we've been two hours, I'm sure. We have 140, man. That's it's about time, what we it's do. Time to, it's time to wrap time up. Time to so, ride off into the sunset. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right on. And support, and like Jamie Jason said, support other podcasts. Jericho, Austin, Jerry Lawler's got his podcast out there. Vince Russo. There's too many podcasts. Uh, there's so many podcasts. Uh, of course, Bruce Pritchard. Russo complains too much, man. <laughs> I mean, that's all I mean, he does. Yeah, man, it's true, man. It's like I, I used to try and listen to him because some of his interviews I thought he did was good, but he just complains too much, man. Bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, hey, you know what? It's been a great podcast. We got a lot through today, and we're, we'll do another podcast in the next couple of weeks. I know Vinny Versace wants to get on here and talk to us. Probably wants to shut us down or whatever he wants to do with his <laughs> Maryland State Commission of Athletics. That son bitch. Um, pardon my language. <laughs> I know uh, Chris Burns wanted to get on here because uh, Chris Burns was actually absent from this show. Uh, but Chris Burns is one of the longtime EWA superstars. He wanted to get on and he wanted to say a few words. Um, we have Corey Bush, who's always never at a lack for words. But um, we had a good time. Jamie Jason, how'd you feel about this podcast today? Oh, it was fantastic. Have a great time? time. Yeah. Awesome time. What's your final words about uh, SmackDown, Raw, Great Balls, Money, EWA, anything? Wacky flaming testicles. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. Wacky. That's going to sum up this weekend. <laughs> wow. And the weekend's not even over yet. So, because we got the, the, the testicle part tomorrow. Because whenever you're listening to this, we're going to be watching Great Balls of Fire tomorrow. Uh, Big Ugly, how do you feel about this podcast? Oh, man. Have we ever put on a bad podcast? Don't let anybody else answer that because they may have opinions. <laughs> but if you have opinions, put them in the comments because we want to know. What do you want to hear us talk about? We're, we're here to do that. No, I don't think we have. And we've been doing this for more than a year now, uh, at least once every two weeks, sometimes more. It's been great. Listen to all the archived ep- episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. We got the whole media covered pretty much right there. And we still got people listening to archived episodes, and some of them are in the hundreds. They're going to get up to the thousands as far as listens go. It's going to be great. We appreciate all y'all. What are your final words on Raw, SmackDown, Anthem, Ring of Honor, Cody, the American Dream, or the American Nightmare, Nightmare. Cody. Is that that his thing now? He's the American Nightmare? The American Nightmare, Cody. That's great, man. Can't can't call him Rhodes. Yeah. I um, I haven't really been keeping up with Cody Rhodes that much, but... That's great to hear that. He's what, in New Japan? He's got the New Japan Championship, the heavyweight championship, and he's also in, in and out of Ring of Honor from yeah. time to time. I think he has Dude. their championship as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I believe he has their title as well. I think he won them both, very I'm, back-to-back. I'm glad to hear he's doing well. Um, there's probably no way he's making as much money as he used to make, but, you know, he's still doing what he loves, and money is and everything, and, you know, it's... I'm. Hey, he's doing good, man. I like Cody. I think he's going to come back to WWE eventually. Think yeah. so? Yeah, yeah, man. There's no, there's no way. There's that. a lineage there. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man. It's Cody Rhodes. I mean, his brother's still there. You know, we know Dusty passed away. He was still working for him. Yeah. And we got gold dust now going back to the uh, Hollywood chair. Old school, To yeah. the old, old, old school gold dust. But he... It ain't going to work unless he gets weirder, man. You're right. He's got to he, get weirder. He can't just be... I don't know this new gold dust we've seen, but then like doing gimmicks from that old school. It's like, no, nah, man, you got to be full on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. touching wrestlers and, yes. and stuff. You got to go full on, man. Got to push, like, I'm not necessarily the yeah. homosexual, but you got to push yeah, that yeah. angle. Which is yeah. funny because it'll probably just be widely accepted now. <laughs> Nobody would right. care. Nobody would yeah. care because that, that yeah. was uh, edgy 20 yeah. years ago, exactly. but now it ain't. Yeah. But now we got gold dust doing his thing now, yeah. too. But, hey, you know what? It's always good. Watch Raw, watch SmackDown, watch everything. Watch the network. Um, Beautiful stuff going on. And uh, we're going to come back to you in the next couple weeks with some more guests, uh, some more uh, Jam and Jason. We're going to have a lot more to go over because WWE has a pay-per-view like every two weeks. Yeah, wow. So, you know, we'll keep Keith B. Craft wants to come back on the show. Joe Clunk, timekeeper extraordinaire, wants to come back on the show. Nice. Hey, man. you got TNA in the background. Yeah, yeah. made me think of something. This is just straight from the rumor mill, dirt sheet, uh, TMZ type news. But, you know, Alberto and Paige broke up, even though they were supposed to be, like, getting married. Are you serious? Yeah, they're oh. done. I yeah. thought they did get married. I don't, I, don't, I don't remember. Maybe they got married secretly, 
But because at one point they were like, they're going to get married, especially after that sex tape release. Like, yeah, yeah. Try to hurry it up. I don't think it, I don't ever think they made it happen, but they're done now. Like, he Are you serious? Yeah, he said he couldn't take any more of her. Like, I guess she was. Hey, she, you know, I, I can imagine that because she, she was a handful as far, as far as I understand. Did yeah. you see the pictures floating around from their last pay-per-view event with her sitting in the front row wearing a luchador mask? No. Yeah, uh-uh. some, some fans in the crowd. Is that the anniversary? Yeah, whatever. Was a week or two ago? Yeah, yeah. So There's Paige a, was sitting in the crowd? Paige was sitting in the crowd. Really? Wearing a luchador mask. Nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah but now they're, they're done, yeah. Let me see real Paige WWE. Yeah, so. Let's see. So she's still I, got everything with Alberto Del Rio on here, but, I mean, it could have ended. You never know. Yeah, I mean, that's what it, that's what's being reported. Um, and, you know, sources close to Del Rio said they're like, yeah, he couldn't like up wearing no more. I didn't see it lasting anyway. Because he's a, I mean, he's an older guy. She's young. She's not going to be as mature. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. It's just a difference, man. Like, yeah. and we already saw from Total Divas that she's a handful to deal with, so. Wow. Yeah. But that was just the last I remember. So, not really anything important. But I think all the ha- I'm looking on Instagram well, right now. Some good Hollywood see. news. Pride of Mexico. That's who it is. Alberto El Patron. So yeah, all his pictures are still showing. They're they're still showing her. They're still showing her. I see the big pictures of the luchadors from um, Slammiversary. I don't see her yet, but of course she could have just been in the crowd or whatever. Yeah. Anything's possible at this point, but I do believe you. I mean, I don't see that lasting. Are they ever going to bring Paige back on WWT? Because she's got to be recovered from her surgery by now. I would hope yeah, so, because she would fit, I think. Uh, and, and, and especially with still got Total Divas to Total Bellas, I think she would fit. And yeah. I think she would make a uh, she would come back out to a pop, but I think she would make a great heel. I think so. So yeah. always uh, always good to have a great heel. But yeah. anyway, we thank you because we've been running. That's what we do. And uh, we want to appreciate you for listening to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. For Jam and Jason and uh, Big Ugly, this is Dirty Mike. And you going to count us down, Big Ugly, because we're going to say what we and always say. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. Wacky testicle flaming. Right? Good. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>